do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. an evening what a week it's been and uh we're back here this week on the mark order podcast part of the shining wizards network uh episode 94 that's what i was looking for episode 94 we're getting there closer to the centennial mark and uh yeah and money here with uh, Kate the Great. The episode doesn't matter until we're at 169. It's very true. Okay. And Ryan Schlong is here this evening. And we're going to talk about... Whoa. Whoa. We're going to talk about uh, some AEW stuff going on. Dynamite tonight from... Inglewood, California. Uh, oh, well, Kate, we've got uh, our first. What about episode 96? Nasty 96. It's true. Nasty 96 will be good, but it's just kind of that just seems like a weird way to sleep more than like a sex thing. I don't know. Kind of odd. Schlong, 96? Yes, no. I mean, it can be done. It, it gets a little awkward after a while, but you know, you, you you roll with it. I guess you roll with whatever the other person's asking for, if that's what you're into. I mean, we're not here to kink shame anybody. If you want a '96, you '96. That's up to you. I'm not going to tell fair. you you're wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so gang, what's the haps? What's new? I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> Why are you tired? Because I did a four-hour podcast last night till like two in the morning um, about all the Vince shit. Um, so I'm fucking be And in the morning of yesterday morning, which now feels like 25 years ago, I had something funny happy, happen with Daphne. So when I got her paperwork, it said she wasn't spayed. Um, and she has heartworm. So before she gets her heartworm medication, she has to get spayed because they affect each other. And they were like, the drop off time is between eight and eight 30. Um, and then you just pick her up between three 30 and four 30. And I said, perfect. I'll be back at my desk in time for work. Easy peasy. But if you're not from New Jersey, just so you know, if you have to be somewhere that's a half hour away during rush hour, you have to leave at like, you know, six hours beforehand. Um, so I was up really early and then uh, I take her to the rescue because the rescue is affiliated with the hospital. So they do it all in one shot. And I get there. She's such a good dog. Bree's in the car. We get back there. She's saying hi to other people, dogs. She's great. 
um, and we get to the vet tech and because it's from the same shelter where I adopted her, she like knows the vet tech and she's being playful and she like lays down on her back to have her belly rubs and the vet tech goes, huh? And not like in a concerning way. And he goes, can you hold on one second? And I say, yeah. And they go and get the vet and the vet looks at her and like, just kind of cracks up and is like, yeah, she's already, she's already been spayed. <laughs> feeling because she had a scar there and it was shaved there but I I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about compared to a vet uh and like she's microchipped and I have no idea her history she could have had you know puppies whatever um and what happened was like in the paperwork they just make sure that the vets all do like a, a double and triple check when a dog does have heartworm because it's so imperative that they get spayed in advance of them getting medication and it just got checked off wrong. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I could just take her back home. Um, and she was so funny. She was like, well, that was a fun, weird little exercise that we just had. Sure. Uh, and I'm in the car and I'm like, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, just a, just like being an idiot, right? Like just whining to myself, like I'm so tired and I didn't even have to take her there and I have low gas and I have to whatever. And then I'm like, how am I complaining about this? I thought my dog had to have surgery and she didn't have to have an entire ass surgery. <laughs> like, right. why am I whining? Yeah, you um, don't have to deal with any of the fallout now. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about her recovering. I don't have to, I don't have to run back and pick her up at four o'clock. So, um, it ended up being really great, but because my day started so early and then um, had my work day, which was jam-packed, but good. And then I have my NXT post-show and I would say two minutes before um, the credible rumors, I'll, I'll call them, because they are credible, but they're not confirmed reports by, by a lot of like heavy hitters, including Fightful. I would say they broke about two minutes before we went on air. I had no idea if Sean was going to be able to come on and talk about them. And our NXT show is a fucking weird review show. So because they were calling the special New Year's Evil, even though it was on January 10th, my co-host is there with like his New Year's glasses and his Mardi Gras beads and shit. And like two minutes beforehand this news breaks about Vince in Saudi Arabia we have no idea if Sean's gonna be able to come talk to us and we're so silly and we've got I don't know four times the amount of viewers three times the amount of viewers that we normally do all there to see if Sean's gonna be talking about Vince and we're sitting there like just absolutely insane we probably do around 5,000 per episode on that and it now has 45,000 views and for three and a half hours, people were sending in chats with questions. So I was up for 22 hours talking about a rumor, essentially, not reviewing NXT after a very long day. So I am fucking beat. But and I was in my head like, oh, you know what? If I have to skip Mark Order tomorrow, that's okay. And then I was like, fucking no, I can't. Not this episode. Like, there's no way. <laughs> this episode see where we rank, Ryan? Do you see where we rank? Yeah, three I could hours, skip those schmucks. Three hours oh, sleep boy. of me was not <clears throat> was not in for it. So, my God, sounds like uh, sounds like cheap heat if you ask <sighs> me too. Boy, oh boy, what cheap heat to get on your other show? Boy, oh boy, <sighs> that's true. So I'm very very sleepy, but I'm good. My dog didn't have to have surgery. 
I get paid real well for yesterday. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> now, um, now she didn't have any markings on her either, huh? On her belly or anything like that? Because the reason I ask is because when we got Savannah, um, there was like they they said no, she's spayed, she's all taken care of, and then, you know, that was fine. We get her home, and you know, we noticed pretty quickly on we were like, oh my god, like she's got, she's tattooed on her stomach, like. What a <clears throat> what a um what a what a terrible thing to do to a dog. You know what I mean? Like if somebody would try to tattoo her and then somebody one day was like, "No, no, no, no. That's that's like a mark like the vet would have tattooed her after they spayed her so you know like that oh. she's been spayed." So she's got like a single line, like a blue line sort of like at the bottom of her belly. Buster had one of those, but I was told that's how they kept track of whether or not they were microchipped, not their procedures. But if she did, and it's not in, like, the area where she was shaved, I would have no idea of knowing because her fur is just so dense. Like, I would have to I would have to shave her entire undercarriage to know that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> also, Aunt, that's not true. Your dog has a tattoo because she's one bad bitch. She is that, a bad yeah. bitch. She is. She's terrible. Uh, she she will. She's she's a weird dog. She'll sit and she'll let us pet her and do all those things. And then, like, you know, if you, like, move the wrong way on the couch, she's growling at you. It's like, get out of here, you bitch. Like, get the fuck <laughs> off. Well, glad you didn't have to get her uh, deal with that, Kate. But now no, you can get her okay. heartworm medicine. So that's good. Yeah, which that was coming up in two weeks anyway. Like, everything was staggered really well. But. That's such like a tough thing. And now there's no adjustment period. She was just very confused of like, oh, we're back where I used to live. Oh, we're turning around. Okay. But <laughs> how maybe are you that's, guys? Maybe that's good for the dog too, though, Kate. Like, you know what I mean? She just has the experience of going to the vet, nothing happening. And she's like, well, that wasn't so bad. So next yeah. time it won't be that bad. Yeah, because she knew them too. She was just like so playful um yeah. with them, which was so cute but yeah i had that thought i was like well maybe she won't be like intimidated next time we have to go back <laughs> yeah that's good shlong what's new with you nothing no I, I was at the flyers tonight so i missed uh pretty much all of dynamite you have a lot of ladders behind you it was a ladder night it was it was that's it's, it's a lot of them and of various industrial strengths, it looks like. <laughs> Listen, when it's Battle of the Belts, I have belts. When it's a ladder match, I have ladders. It's That's what true. I do. I like even that tiny one that would be for like a uh, swoggle. You know what I mean? That like two <laughs> rung ladder. Yes. Well, that's, I made sure I get, you know, all the different sizes for the different ladder matches you could have. It is all inclusive. Uh well that's good Ryan. Uh glad so I to missed, have you with like us. I said all of dynamite. But I know everything that happened or didn't happen. It's cuz you're no fun and you have to watch the spoilers. I love spoilers. Fuck off. No fun. <laughs> I no like fun. I'm more I'm more fun cuz I like it spoilers. Take away from it for me. But I get how it, it could makes me more excited. No. No. Are you kidding me? You know how much more excited I am right now? to go and watch the Adam Cole thing than I would have been just him randomly showing up. I'm actually more excited now. Spoiler alert. What if people didn't see it? Don't say it. Why are then they, they shouldn't be listening show? to a review show. <laughs> well, they know that they can get through at least an hour and a half before we get to Dynamite. So Matt, Not tonight you know because we don't have to cover Rampage. 
Well, we can quickly touch on it and remind people that we did an extensive, uh, you know, bonus show on Saturday covering Rampage and Battle of the Belts. But we didn't have Kate. I'd like Kate's thoughts. She was uh, elsewhere on Friday night like I was. So we're going to touch on it. We're not going to go through the whole thing. Um, But yeah, and then, uh, of course, we could talk about some of the other news in the wrestling world and how it may affect AEW up front, um, you know, instead of talking it at the back end, because there's other stuff we could talk about in the back end. So it's up to you guys. What do you want to talk about first? Do you want to touch on Rampage? What do you guys want to talk about? Well, first of all, I want to say to Rob, hi, Rob Wilkins. And there's no such thing as bad puns. No, that's not true. There are terrible puns. And Rob is a great guy. And he hosts a show on Friday with Maggie on Fightful Overbook called Coexisting at 3 o'clock. So you should listen to that. I'm sorry. Did we get paid for that one? Did they pay us Did you stop and say hello to us? Yes. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. We take... That's how it works for me. You get less voting rights. Remember that, right, Kate? We don't have a paid option right now it doesn't matter that that doesn't matter that was an unprovoked promotion we need to get paid for these things you're right we should not have talked about rob wilkins and maggie on fightful overbooked at three o'clock on fridays for free we should not have just thrown away that and we definitely why are we doing this i'm gonna start boot i'm gonna start kicking you guys out of this fucking room i i'm i can bring myself back not if I ban you. I can't. You can't because I have access to the stream yard. If I ban you? You can't ban me. It's not true. Let me see. Let's not find mm-hmm. out. He already got banned from the Wizards YouTube by accident. Sure. Accident, quote unquote. Aunt, how are you? I'm fine. Nothing new. That's it? That's it. I'm fine. I, I, I went to a concert last Friday night. All right. Um, sure. Yeah. Rob, Rob will get to the chat saying, "I put you guys over." He does. He does. Well, I don't see it reflected in the numbers, Rob Wilkins. So <laughs> they get do they something. Get, they get better numbers than we do. But regardless, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that, You're um, saying our ROI isn't good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kate, we're gonna need you to be a lot thirstier towards uh, male wrestlers because I'm pretty sure that's a driving option on their show. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't pretend that wrestlers seem like attractive people to me. <laughs> I have, I can't even comment. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Well, it's just like when all the girls go crazy for Wardlow and stuff. And the thirst, like, I think picks up numbers, but I can't, I can't pretend that there's anything attractive about wrestlers. They're all insane. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, Kate. I happened to I caught Mrs. Money watching uh, Dark this week or something like that. Mm-hmm. I happen oh, to God. catch happen to catch your boyfriend or your your uh, your Peter? your always F M and K P P A all day. My, per- my perpetual F. <laughs> right. And M and K. Um, I would never kill Peter. Well, Kate, my, my question is. uh what do you think of the new look? I like it. It's like New Year, New You, Peter Avalon. Now, does it do anything more for you or less for you than what it was? 
Does it help? So here's where I struggle. I feel like it does more for me with him as an individual, but it feels like a departure from the wingmen a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it feels yes. out of line with the wingmen, and I don't want to see the wingmen go away. I love the wingmen. I mean, they're done, but <laughs> say it ain't so. I just wasn't. I wasn't sure if. Hi, Bob. Uh, I wasn't sure if the the look changed anything. I think it looks good. I feel like he looks maybe a little younger. Okay. Looking fresh, looking clean. Rugged. Rugged? rugged. I wouldn't say it's rugged. He looks well, like it's a pretty ruggedly boy. pretty. Ruggedly pretty. That's like those are that's an oxymoron. That's like jumbo yeah, shrimp. Yeah, somehow right? he pulls it off. I don't it's know. what makes him special. Um, I think I need like a side by side of him with long hair, mustache, laying on the heart bed with him, short haired, mustache and beard laying on the heart bed so that I can choose so that my heart can choose. Is he rock? I don't even remember. Is he rocking the full beard right now? Uh, yeah. Or it's like more. Yeah, it's a thin it's more, beard, but it's there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before it was I didn't remember. the most. The I honestly didn't know who he was because I looked up and I was like. Wait a minute. It's he does PPA. look very different. Like it, it What is... I love is we about, what, three weeks ago have been talking about what did Peter Avalon look like with a beard and short hair? And then out of nowhere, he's like, I have a beard and short hair. He's listening. I'm telling you. He, he wanted knows. to do uh, the wingmen wing he makeover, the and then they wouldn't like... let him fucking do it. I know. I'm still, I'm still salty about that. Kate, reach out. If, is he still under contract? We might be able to get around this now. I think I think they've loosened the PR reins a little bit, and also we've interacted wholesomely now. Um, well, so I could, but now now the gimmick's here. over. His gimmick's not over. He's still pretty. Yeah, he's well, gorgeous. duh. But like the makeover thing. I mean, I'm sure if you said to him, "Can you give me makeover tips?" He would certainly oblige. Sure, he could lead a workshop to the fellas. On men's grooming. I don't need a workshop. Look at me. And honestly, this week you are pedicured up too. Say that again. You do get the pedicures too. You're you're on top of your. I'm due for one. I'm due for one, and I'll tell you this much: I'm so lazy. I haven't even taken the nail polish off. They're still they're still black, sort of. They're half black because my toenails have been grown. I gotta. I actually need one too. I gotta get back to my. Oh, I don't do pedicures. Why? They're the best. I have no desire for anyone to touch my feet. Because you're a fool. We've talked about this though before. You said it's because, yeah, you you don't want to put them through that. You said, which I think is funny. Well, that's partially oh. true. And partially, I just don't like people touching me like that. So no. I can tell you this, Mrs. Money can vouch for this too for you, Kate. Last time we went for pedicures when we went to Connecticut. Uh, you know, it was just like, hey, we have the time. Let's go for a pedicure. Uh, every time I almost kick the lady in the face because oh, it's, it's generally a, it's generally a woman, right? So that I'm not, you know, but I generally always just about kick the person in the face when they start. Why? Because like, they start scrubbing the bottom of your feet. Oh wait, is it is this t- is it very ticklish? Yeah, I am. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. Then. Super ticklish, but like Gina can tell you, I had people in there dying because i was gripping the seat so hard trying not to laugh and i'm like looking in every other direction but down 
figuring like if I'm not looking at my feet, like maybe that'll make it better. It made it worse. Oh, no. um, I can't do it then. I'm extremely ticklish. Absolutely not. But I got through it. And the other thing that, that can be confirmed is I make sure that when I go for a pedicure, they're earning their they're earning their money because I'm not going like if I just like clip my toenails like the week before, I ain't going. No, like, you got to get the dead skin off and but yeah. But it doesn't bring out the industrial grade sander. It's like Lloyd Christmas. It's um, it is. They do earn it. And I think uh, I think last time I went, I seriously think I tipped the lady like a hundred bucks. I was like, here you go. You've earned this. And, uh, and yeah, it wasn't pretty. So, uh, but I know they're constantly just making fun of me, uh, you know, talking shit while I'm sitting right in front of them. I could see they're like looking at each other and talking and sort of chuckling. And yeah, they're like, would you look at this fucking asshole? And I'm like, all right, here's your hundo or whatever it is. Yeah. They earn it. But, um, well, who knows? Maybe one day we'll get PPA. All night on this show. I need to figure out something what to do with my hair. I mean, I told you what to do. Maybe he can tell me. Only bangs. Just shaved head and only bangs? That's called a bowl cut, my friend. (laughs) A what cut? That's a bowl cut if you just do bangs all the way around. No, 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 no. no, no. Just here? Just bangs. And the rest is just the front. I had someone say bangs all the way around, and they were like, haters will call it a bowl cut. But it's bangs all the way around. No, that is just definitely a bowl cut. Yeah, what Ryan is talking okay. about was just from here all the way back. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. But I think you're smart creative move. input. That is a smart move. I had you... the the shaved side rocket for a while, which I liked, but it's hard to do in winter because I got headaches. You could do an undercut, right? Yeah, that's what I. She had done like the side and there was like a cool design in it. And then if I flipped my hair one way, you couldn't even tell it was there. And then if I flipped it the other way, it was like, haha, I'm a badass. But I don't know. Mm. That was a lot. That's a lot to maintain. I don't know. Too it's, much. It's all going. So <laughs> I keep it short. No, it's literally going, Ryan. It's oh, mine's not going. Mine grows really quickly and it's very nope. annoying. Not anymore. I think the next time I go get it done, I'm just take the straight razor to it. Baby, let's go. Ryan keeps it short just to be consistent with the rest. Oh, hey, oh, should we the, talk about Rampage? The carpet matches the pubes. <laughs> no. Hardwood versus carpet is different. I was just quoting uh, Forgetting Sarah oh, Marshall. I know. Right? The I know. carpet that matches the pubes. Uh, yeah. Oh, Doc Mueller wants you to grow out a ponytail. No, I got enough yep. going against me as it is. That That's no, a creep that's... level I don't think I can man- maintain. Yeah, you do hang out at your house all the time. I imagine you sit in front of your green screen a lot with stuff behind you, videotaping stuff. So what do you think I'm videotaping? I don't know. I just I feel like you're just creating content and thinking like, where can I put this? You know what I mean, Ryan? If you were to grow a ponytail and then put the right image behind you. And start talking conspiracy theories. You could probably be the, be the next big QAnon leader. There you go. You could Nanobots. be like the. You could be the shaman. The <laughs> new shaman. Our water. Nanobots. Every sip you drink is filled with nanobots, and you can do nothing about it. They're going to control us. But what one about- day, they're going to flip the switch. 
and we're all gonna shut off. What about sounds EMPs? Great. That what about actually what? sounds like a great way to go. Like just yeah. flip the switch. That sounds awesome. Give him. Like like Severance. You guys ever see Severance? Like where the people. Uh... It was an Apple TV thing uh, where they people with Adam in, Scott in it, right? It's supposed to be yeah, great. It was pretty good. Uh, where people, Ryan, they work in a uh, in a place, and when they go down to the level they work on, their brain switches off, and like, well, not their brain switches off, but all their memories of the outside world are gone, and it's almost like you have two people, like they don't know who their outside person is, and their outside person doesn't know who the inside person is. You know what I mean? So is that what it would be like if they flipped the switch with the nanobots? We would just be ourselves, no, you, but a different. We just person. turn off. Oh, we'll turn off. I missed that part. Well, that's not fun. And yeah, but like as far as a mind. way to go, like that's no. Not they really can turn you back on though, Kate. That's the problem. Oh yeah, that I don't like. If it was just like you're done with life, I'm like that sounds very peaceful and like. I don't have to think of anything. I don't have to plan anything. It's not painful. But they could also probably keep you going. No, that's bullshit. I don't need to like out. Yeah, they can. You, you need. Live. You're tired, and you just want to stop. And they force you to keep going with the nanobots. Now, that what if honestly we had... just makes me remember nano babies. Those like Tamagotchis that were babies. No. You remember yes. Tamagotchis? I do remember, I remember Tamagotchi. About, Kate. They were just those, but. Instead of a little People. circle, it was a more advanced graphic, and it was a baby, but it was the exact same thing. So and then I had like nano puppies, so it was just a Tamagotchi leveled up in a sense. So instead of eight bits, it was what like a ten bit image. Yeah, and it was like of a Whoa. baby with like one piece of hair on their head. But Kate, what <laughs> yeah. you don't realize is they were real babies. Oh, okay. Trapped in the machine. You're See, Ryan could be the next cons big conspiracy guy. Alex, he could. I'm sorry, I was going to say Ryan would could be like the next Alex Jones if we push him the right way. I was going to yeah, go. No, never mind. Body I don't Ventura. need to lose a billion dollars for harassing kids. Well, you don't have to do that stuff, but you could still shill the products and get like four billion dollars. I think Jesse. I think Jesse the Body Ventura. You should host a show about conspiracy theories. Mind with control? your long ponytail. Yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about mind control and the heart machine. There you go. So I was out in this field late one night. Oh, boy. And I see these lights. And I don't know what they are. That explains Just a poor a farmer living in Montana. And Kate, that explains so much. If yeah, no, true. story tracks. Story tracks. Explains By the so way, much. Aunt. Yeah. Under, back to our uh, grooming thing. Your mustache has gotten so long that now you're twirling it like a bad guy in a movie. It's it, awesome. It, it doesn't connect. It really doesn't. I'm 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 gonna shave it off. It's you know. It just gets annoying. It starts growing over, and then I gotta trim it. And uh, shave go shave it little baby face. I'm sorry. Did you both say shave the whole thing? Mm -hmm. That's not what I said. But oh, I'm intrigued. Uh, How fast does it grow back? What my mustache? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. A couple weeks. But okay. if I were to take the beard off, forget it. No, they could you could have that. a beard in about a weekend. No, no, it takes a little bit longer. Really? Yeah, you get, you still have to get past the awkward phase. If I were to shave the whole beard off, you'd still hit the awkward phase, and it's got to grow in. It just looks. I luscious. can have a solid beard in about a week. Thank you. Well, my hair doesn't grow that fast, right? I don't want. No, yeah, yeah. Stop fucking bragging about your fast growing beard bragging. all the time. I hate it. It's very annoying. 
God, I, Ryan, stop bragging. Yeah, seriously, come on. No, I uh, like I said for real. I'm gonna. I think the next time I go to get a haircut, I'm gonna be like, let's straight razor it all off. I'm gonna look super tough. Uh, just the beard, no hair. The hair uh, is what catches the germs. Oh, is that what it is? Well, then I guess I'll be a lot healthier. Be smooth and hairless, just on my head. And then you get yourself some antibacterial stuff and just cover yourself in it. I feel like we're starting a cult. This is getting no. Now I'm going into it's always sunny. Oh. When they all thought they had the flu, and Danny got um, Frank got obsessed, and he covered himself in the you know the antibacterial. There's Gel. a tremendous gap between my brain and my spinal cord. I was not, I was not picking that up. Not today. Not today, partner. It's also funny to see Danny DeVito now in uh, <laughs> in uh, Jersey Mike's commercials because I just constantly think of him as uh, Frank Reynolds. Frank Reynolds. So I'm like, why Remember is Frank he was stuck Reynolds in the things? coil? That was like one of the best episodes. And they ever. never explained why. Never explained why yeah. he was stuck in the coil. What's crazy is he had a great career, and now. I will only ever associate him with It's Always Sunny. Of course. Two shows for me. Always Sunny, definitely. And then Taxi, that's it. Well, yeah, truthfully. But you know what it is? Because I like, I guess I could, if I see him young, it'll be Taxi. But anywhere, once he started looking a little older, it's always, it's always, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's always Sunny. Yeah. Um, How could we forget Junior? The movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, I don't. was pregnant. Yeah, Trust that's got to be. Junior. Um... <laughs> No, Junior's good. Twins is good. Oh my god! Renaissance of course. man. Yeah. Renaissance. Oh yeah, where he's in the army. Not in, he's not in the army. He's, he's not yeah, in the he's army. In the army. Yeah. 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 But twins. Twins is a Matilda. Good yeah, Matilda's all right. He's not the main. I player. am just naming movies he's in at this point. Yeah. That's, I, I was racking my brain as well. Um, this is now the Danny DeVito IMDb podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this so, is definitely paywall content where we're just reading IMDb's <laughs> and talking about, uh, you know, talking about uh, their career and their life. That's right. Um, let's steer it back to wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about uh, first? You want to run through the Rampage stuff or do you guys have the need to talk about the rumor mill spinning about? I talked about it for four hours. So I don't need to say anything. I'm just going to say this. We don't have to talk about the whole thing because it's not... Kate talked about it for four hours last night. Uh, listen, hold on. Relevant. Let me let me be clear. I don't well, care that Kate talked about it. For, more. But wait, I, do. I don't care that Kate talked about it for four hours. She's here, and if she doesn't want to participate, it's totally fine. I was saying more since like Kate talked about four hours, and most of it is not relevant to AEW. It has ramifications that surely Had, can that's be where I'm gonna go. There is ramifications though, which is if he if Vince McMahon he is back in obviously in like his executive chair capacity, but if he sells to a to the Saudis, if that does come to fruition, or he takes over creative, the ramifications for talent is huge because both will likely see a mass talent exodus. Meaning AEW one has a lot of options to sign if they want them, and two becomes the more desirable destination. Also that should be mentioned is regardless of who's in charge and regardless of who they sell to, I think talent needs to be, and I'm, I'm not cheering for this. This is obviously a very bad thing. I think talent needs to be afraid of cuts because a lot of times before a sale in order to get their balance sheets and their, um, you know, their net operating income, EBITDA does whatever you want to call it as much different names, but in order to get them to look the best, 
there's a lot of weird cuts made. You see it all the time before or right after mergers too. Because a lot of times right after a merger, they're like, oh my God, we just spent all this money. We have to just slash all our costs. So you're going to see probably a lot of wrestling talent and some of the backstage talent go away. And that, not like the production side. And that really sucks. But ramifications for AEW are talented production people will likely be available soon. And wrestling talent will likely be available soon. How do you think you feel if you're, let's just say, William Regal right now? You've opted out. Scared. Decided to go back to work with your son. And the people who are in charge may, well, one is definitely not in charge anymore. And the other one may not be in charge much longer, depending on what uh, the boss decides he wants to do. I have to be scared. I mean, Grant Regal left AEW on really good terms because he only ever signed a certain deal. And he kind of like his reason for going back to WWE were so like acceptable. I think to like a Tony Conrad say like, it's my son. Like I want to like, you can't argue that. It's not like I don't like you. He never said anything bad. He went out, he went out in a great way. So for him, but they're still scary because all of a sudden it's like the guy who fired you not but a year ago is is back in some capacity when no one thought he would be. Well, lots thought he would be, but we didn't see the inroads. And truthfully, Triple H, you have to think he, he I don't know how long. And even if Triple H contained remains in head of creative, doesn't mean he's in charge of hire, you know firings. That's above him. And Vince could very easily come and say, I'm I'm executive chair. I want this, 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 and this guy gone. I will say <clears throat> it's not Regals is weird because of the timing. William Regals, one of the most respected people in all of wrestling. He'll be fine. Especially if ROH is getting back up and running. Like if he wanted to come back, I think they'd probably welcome him back tomorrow. The ones that intrigue me the most are Johnny Gargano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No, yeah. no, no, but like, come on, right? Oh, like, God. Um, Cody, for sure. And Bray Wyatt, probably most of all. Bray Wyatt, I think, came back because Vince was gone. Um, so from a talent perspective, uh, Saudi Arabia aside, that intrigues me, including Saudi Arabia, uh, Sami Zayn, obviously. Uh, that is, that's actually like, extremely sad if that sale is true because he is in the most important storyline of his career doing some of the best work as a character of his career and doing really great stuff in the ring when he's in the ring um he's in the most important storyline probably at all of wrestling right now i would say and um because his life would be in danger if they sold is a really fucked up thing. Um, and I think you would see a mix across the board. I think Kevin Owens is done for sure, if that's the case. People who probably refuse to go to Saudi Arabia on principle um, are done. I would say any LGBTQ talent and um, MVP was Muslim and is now atheist, which I think is a death penalty punishment in Saudi Arabia. Um, there are huge sweeping ramifications for that. Um, and I think you would also just see some things that are surprising because that's just a moral check-in with yourself. You would see some people who, and there are some, who view it as progressive, who say, we're actually making strides when we go over there. Women are wrestling there. Women are um, 
getting to be more expressive in their outfits every time they go over. There are people who are going to think that they're making a cultural impact, whether you think that or not. That's how they're going to view it. And then there are people who are going to say, um, get me the fuck out of here. This is disgusting. And there are people who are going to say, I might be a straight white male, but I'm married to someone in this company. We're out. Um, there's a lot of ramifications, ramifications in that regard as well. Uh, the other thing that happened yesterday, which kind of got swept away in all this, is that there's a lot of people who are backstage that are pissed solely on the fact that Stephanie McMahon is out. Yep. Extremely well-respected, extremely well-liked, from my understanding. Um, and, of course, what does that mean is a whole other thing. And to close the loop on all of this, because I don't really think there's much to say when it's this unconfirmed right now, I... I firmly believe the like 200 plus cuts that we saw before this were a combination of they were getting ready to sell. Um, I think that's why Nick Khan was brought in on the the business side is that they were preparing to sell anyway. And that happened to be during the pandemic. So it looked particularly gross. You cut 200 people, right? Ray Wyatt is always a weird one because he was making them a ton of money. Um, But, you know, Gargano, Hit Row, Braun Strowman, who gives a shit. Um, like, it, it's just very interesting to see where the chess war would fall. I think you would see Rampage from the AEW side. I think they would have, they'd be the bell of the ball. And I think you'd see Rampage go to two hours almost immediately. Um, and on a live schedule almost immediately. You would probably see ROH get a TV deal and be running almost immediately. You would see a lot of things get expedited and because they would have this whole other roster and a whole other layer of investment because the biggest piece of any of this to me is nobody wants to deal with fucking distribution. Fox does not want to renew a contract with WWE if they are doing work with Saudi Arabia. They don't need WWE. They were fine without them for years before. There's moral objections, there's international complications, there's putting your own producers in weird spots. Nobody's going to want to do distribution with them. And the only reason they go to Saudi Arabia is, one, they would have to overpay tremendously. And two, uh, they only sell to them because Vince would be able to to control everything. That's, that's entirely what that deal would be predicated on. Because otherwise it makes no sense. You go to Comcast, you go to you go to Disney, Disney's making a theme park with John Cena mascots running around. Like, absolutely, absolutely not. So uh, it's a it's a very, very weird one. It's a whole mix of confirmed and unconfirmed. Um, the UFC stuff didn't happen until it happened. There were denials across the board until it happened. So that's one, one thing is everyone's like, well, there's firm denials. It's like, yeah, well, UFC was firm denialed and then it poof, right? So mm-hmm. um, it does seem hasty that this would happen this quickly. That's a multi-billion dollar company to turn around and sell it that fast seems unlikely. That would mean Vince was working behind the scenes really, really hard um, before any of this. So well, it's oh. a, a huge fucking mess. The AEW side, I think, mm-hmm. It's all upside for them. They're the number one wrestling company in America. They have a whole new refreshed talent pool and a bunch of advertisers who would want to shift their budgets away from that shit in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. No, I'll say this. Sale aside, right? Because nothing is done. Um, 
you know, Vince comes back and, um, you know, I hate to be the person who says I told you so, but I'm pretty sure I said it fucking here until the guy's dead. He'll be involved. And I knew he wasn't staying away. You had to know he wasn't going to stay away and he'd come back by any fucking means necessary. I didn't think it'd be six months. I think that's something that surprised me. No, 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 I thought I thought he would give it at least a year or so just to let things die down a little bit. Things are dead in six months. Nobody's talking about it anymore. Nobody nah, cares. People were talking about people were talking about it because morale and ratings had gone up as soon as he left. Sure, like, there were really he didn't, even, he didn't leave time for Triple H to fuck up. Like I expected that. I expected him on the first true stumble of the new era, regime. That would be when he came back, and he didn't even give time for that. Like that's what's amazing to me. But what I'm saying is, nobody was talking about the the extensive talk that was happening around the time that he resigned. Um, nobody was talking to the extent they were about the hush money payments, the sexual misconduct that that talk was all gone at the, at this uh, point. for us, it was, I had heard that there were still investigations that were going on. And I had also had heard, but the piece that got Vince back in, which he was masterminding, obviously, he he referred to his retirement as an absence in a statement. So you're right sure. entirely in that this was his plan all along, which I don't think is surprising. But the piece that held up the whole thing is he said he wouldn't approve any sort of renewals or distribution or sale if he wasn't in charge of every aspect of it or like back in the company doing it he wouldn't approve it so they would be in a holding pattern and n- unable to renew distribution for themselves unless they let and him I, come back and i want to say this to everyone saying well that doesn't mean he's going to come in for creative or anything else because i get it it's his money and he needs to make sure it's, and, and that would make sense except for the fact you can they could have easily and he if he had been willing to accept it which my guess is he wasn't because of where he is now they easily can offer him a consultant role from the outside and say listen you're not officially back, but you're coming on as a consultant for the sale or the, the media rights and only this. You're not on the board. You're not this. We're just doing this because you're a major stockholder and you handle this. The fact that he forced himself back on the board means he has bigger plans. And I want to say to Slonomite real quick, and I'm just – board chairs, chairs are not usually involved in daily business affairs. Not in the very minor minutia, but they definitely have things that they tell the heads of companies that they expect to get done. And, and he just they, gu- He just gutted the whole board. Yeah, so he he's put gonna people say, on his side things. on the board. Yeah, so exactly. He has controlling votes. You know, so like he that's can say that... to, to Nikon or um, Triple H, I want 10 t- pieces of talent cut. He might not say who, but he can say it. And then he expects it to be listened to. And if it's not, guess what? They're gone and he'll put himself back in. The other amazing part of this is it's like real life uh, succession for anybody out there who's fucking watches that show. It it truly is. It's like real life succession. Who's going to take this over when I'm gone? Guess what? Nobody is because nobody could do it. I'm still doing it like that's that's the incredible part about this, too. In my in my mind, it's like you have people within your family who most certainly do probably want to take over and run this business. And this guy isn't going to let it happen. It it is absolutely bonkers that he's going to take a company that when he and his father were putting it together, destroyed the, the traditional, you know, regional 
you know, system so that they could have this empire. And you would think he'd want to keep that within the family and he's going to turn around and sell it to somebody on the outside for a ton of cash. It's just wild the way that this is all working out. The, so then- and, and real quick. Sorry, I just because I only respond to Sloan. I guess so. They serve as a board chair, and you may be a fair one who doesn't interfere. The last couple companies I worked for, the board chair was heavily involved, in the, and they weren't an employee of the company. I think it's personality based and how much control of the company you have. And unfortunately, he controls the majority of the voting stock, so he has far more than a normal person should. And on top of that, the rest of the board just voted a sexual predator who lost millions of dollars to donate to the Trump campaign back into power. So we're not talking about, I wish we were, I wish we were talking about a better situation, but we're not. Uh, To your succession point, I'll just say that Sean said on the stream yesterday that he got messages from no fewer than 10 wrestlers saying, this is real life succession. This is real life succession. And he tweeted, I guess I have to watch succession now. And somebody tweeted him, no, you don't, you cover it. Um, Or somebody messaged him that. So yes to that. And what was I going to say? Oh, nobody had a weirder day yesterday than Jay White in the world. Oh, that was, I was, I wasn't even going to bring up Jay White specifically, (laughs) but my only other thing I was going to bring up again, sort of sale aside, whatever the fact that he's back. If you're a free agent now who cares about that type of stuff has to be, well, maybe all my plans that I sort of had are sort of fucked now. Like Jay White is the best example. I still find it. Well, I find it hilarious, but who knows? Jay White could do whatever Jay White wants to do. But there's a lot of people out there saying that people within the company think that the E stands the best chance at landing Jay White. And that's absolutely where he's going to show up. If I'm Jay White and this is what's happening now. Don't think so. I'm going to steer clear of this. Probably going to go hang out with my friends and maybe not make as much money, but have a good fucking time with my friends, a lighter schedule, still get to work in Japan if I want to, uh, and anywhere else that I'd like. It's just, it just blows my mind where you have all of this stuff sort of working in your favor. You have Vince out, you have, Steph running the, you know, CEO stuff, co co CEO with Nick Khan. Right. I think that was the, that was the lineup. And then, you know, trips, uh, you know, doing the creative and things were looking good. You know, you had talent going back, you had, you know, things were on the up and now he comes back to the board. You've got to be second guessing your next move. It's just, just a crazy position to put yourself in. Even Again. just Royal Rumble returns, and like oh, yeah. even, even just Royal Rumble returns, if they sell to Saudi Arabia, I think John Cena, The Rock, anybody with a PR portfolio that's that big questions what they want to do because a one-off event versus a company that's being held there is a very different thing. Sure. Um, it's, it's the implications of even just the credible rumor are widespread. And I, I know I kind of already said this, but before Sean smoked a joint on the stream yesterday, I asked him, um, if Did Sean really smoke to smoke a joint. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, before that though, I asked him, I was like, do you have a temperature read on how people just felt about the stuff part? Cause that's the part that's confirmed true. Right. He mentioned two things. One, one thing that probably doesn't fly in Saudi Arabia specifically is a female COO Two, 
Um, sure. As far as the temperature of the locker room, he said it was the fucking flu, like how upset people were. And that was before this credible rumor broke. And it is credible. There's there are sources out there that are confirming it um, that are normally right about things. And uh, it, I think there's a lot of people who think maybe there's a deal in place, but that's very far away from being finalized. So... Oh yeah, I mean, listen. I'm not even talking about the possibility of the Saudi sale. I'm I'm just saying, even just Vince being Vince back. coming back. I mean, Jay White. The news back. broke yesterday that like his contract's up, seventy five percent chance he goes to WWE probably, but AEW is also interested. And then six hours later, I mean, six hours later, Steph yeah. or Steph was four hours later, and then another couple hours before that. What a weird day that guy had. <laughs> Just wild. I mean, I, I don't quite get him going to WWE to begin with, but that's just a whole other argument. I get him well, going to a Triple H WWE. I think Triple yeah. H would know how to book him very well. That's very true. Well. You know, I, I keep forgetting that I'm still used to the, I'm still getting used to Triple H would bring him in as Switchblade J White, like be you. Yeah. I'm used to back in the day where he would come in as Knife Edge John something. And you're like, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bowie Knife Jim. Um, yeah, I, I just, it, it's the ramifications of Vince coming back, depending on what happens can be wild. I mean, look at, even just look at the guys who weren't necessarily being used, either used at all or used correctly, uh, before he left, like a, a perfect example would be Finn Balor. Now I don't know. I don't watch it. I, I truly don't watch the WWE. It's just not for me. The storylines aren't for me. I hear it's been better. I know that got, certain guys have been used, you know, in different ways now, and it seems to be working, right? And I know Finn Balor was one of those guys, right? He's part of some faction. And what happens if the creative changes again and Vince comes back? His 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 shit's dead. They will bury that shit so fast because he doesn't get Finn Balor, and you've just got he doesn't get anyone other than like three people. No, yeah. he was pushing Mad Cat Moss. Like he was, he, he was, he's pushing the exact stuff you would think an 80 year old senile insane guy would find hysterical. It's and, awful. And who, uh, who else did he like totally love? Um, fuck. I can't remember. I, I just don't know enough of the guys over there now, but he loves somebody almost. else. No, no. Um, Austin theories. That's it. Different and doing better now, but the storyline that they birthed his yep. like push in was fucking trash. Yeah, but that that was the one. the The name you'd always see pop up is Austin Theory, and it's like a lot of people were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like it just he was pushing chips all in on Austin Theory, and it's just like, "What are you doing, dude? You've got so much other talent here." That no offense to Austin Theory, in my opinion, I'd find more interesting Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, you know, uh, you name it. Some they of the have, other they have a ton. They had, they have an, an AJ Styles. Mustafa Ali, for Styles. the love of God, like yeah. Mustafa, so unbelievable and still underutilized. But that's it's another day. It's a wild well, one. It's fucking wild. It is uh, crazy, and again, I think I'm I'm with you, Kate. I think the ups it's all upside for AEW. They don't have to do anything. Just sit back, grab your popcorn, watch the story unfold, and then, you know, start taking the temperature of some people. I mean, at this point, 
at this point, if this is where things are going, right? And your guys were being asked about maybe jumping ship. Put some feelers out there. Ask some of your guys to talk to some of those guys. You know, like, you want to play ball that way? Play ball. I mean, it's it's just crazy. It's it's uh, what a time to be alive. Am I right? It's just an answer. But I got a couple time. here that I got th- two more points. And then I'm one. Oh we have a couple good names in the chat. Plastic Butter Knife, Gerald Gray. Swordsman, John Black. Prison Shiv J- James Gray, which got changed to Prison Shiv James Monochrome. So I'm, I'm appreciating of all the different new uh, Switchblade J White names. Um, second, the timing still doesn't make sense though for the sale because 2022 just ended. If you're buying a company, you want to see their year end numbers. There's no way they're done yet. No, I, I don't think that there's any deal done. I don't but think there, there were reports that there were, so that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Problem. Just for yeah. people believing the report saying timing does make it suspect. What I do believe could be the real though is Saudi coming in and saying we're willing to pay eight billion a shit ton. literally. Yeah. Yeah. We need to verify that the thing what we think is true is true. But if it is, this is what we'd be willing to pay. And then that might be in place because Saudis do kind of just throw out money for money's sake. Well, I'm I, I think they want to own it. They don't want to run it. That's why Vince is interested. Well, I'm wondering if they do it like Elon did Twitter, which is they sponsor just the buyback of ruin the piece. It? Gut it and ruin well, it. Yes. Yeah, there you go. But, well, I mean, that's what Vince will do. But, will they sponsor just the buyback of the, the stock that Vince doesn't own, and then Vince technically owns it, but they're like the investors so that they're not on it because they, like, they, they do like to operate in the background a little bit. They don't need the money, though. They would just turn themselves private. I think they don't need it. Uh, Vince would need the, Vince needs the money to buy back the pieces, of the stock that's on the market. Yes, he does. He doesn't have that much cash. There's just no way. I don't know. He he just got into the board. It, it feels like a... yeah, but he has. See, he has um the 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 B stock, the the type uh, B stock, which gives you the voting rights. He has the majority of that. He does not have the most majority of the A, and the, you still have to buy back all that A, and so that's millions upon millions of dollars. So he would have to have the like actually more than that. He would have to have the value of that in cash, which I don't think he has. And once well, you get the A, and you're you've already got the B, then you gotta grab that D, son. You know what I'm saying? Grab the well, D. Well, there's hard. like the. A stock, which they refer to as the Mark Order stock, and then there's the right. B stock, which they call the Shiny Wizard stock. That's right. So that's just like some, some like financial, financials <laughs> yeah. for you. Um, you can think about it like that for sure. That's an easy way for people to understand who might not have the economic background that a Ryan Schlong has. There you go. Yeah, there's just in case everyone's curious, and, and I, I'm no, I'm not the only wrestling person to ever say it. There's two types of stock: A and B. A is what you see on like the public, like on usually what you see out. In, this, yeah, the Mark Order. It's usually yeah. the A is what you see out on like the, the stock exchange, but they don't have the voting rights that a B stock has. The B has all the voting rights, and Vince owns the majority of that. Yeah, that's but nice. but to take the company private, you have to get all the A back. And Mike Peterson saying one investor is already suing Vince. They are, but you could sue anyone for anything. I don't expect any of that to go anywhere. Oh, they'll, they'll be class action lawsuits. I don't know if they'll go anywhere. No, they'll get buried. It'll just it'll just linger on in in court over time, and nothing will ever happen. That's the judicial system, folks. That's the legal system. Let's move on 
Um, yes, Kate, we're going to run through real quick, as we said, uh, for anybody out there who wants an extensive breakdown of Rampage and Battle of the Belts, we did a bonus show uh, Saturday night. We had Schlong, a surprise guest for the night. We didn't think he was going to be on all night and uh, me and Mrs. Money, which was a lot of fun. So you can tune into that and hear us break down both shows. But we're just going to run through the cards. And I would certainly like just uh, Kate's thought on sort of the Battle of the Belts, because we did a whole long spiel on it. But uh, for Rampage, we had the Blackpool Combat Club defeat Top Flight in a great fucking match. Uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter defeated the Renegades, which uh, wasn't a straight squash. That was another good match. Uh, I'm sorry. Perro Peligroso defeated Sonico. Uh, Total heel move for for, uh, Preston Vance ripping the mask off. And then Darby Allen defeated Mike Bennett in another great fucking match. Uh, for the TNT championship. So Darby going straight to work, winning that belt Wednesday night and then defending it on Friday night, which is exactly what we wanted, right? We wanted to see sort of Darby get in and start defending right away. So if you didn't see Rampage, it's actually worth going back and watching. And we talked about it a little bit on the Saturday night show. It's just so great to have it live, you know, because the crowd is so amped up and into it when it's live, because after you tape, or after you have dynamite and then you tape it, the crowd's spent. Like it's just not as good a show. So definitely go back and check out Rampage uh, at the very least for the opener, the Blackpool Combat Club. I'll say stick around for the Britt Baker Jamie Hader match, and then certainly skip ahead to Darby Allen and Mike Bennett. So you're really just cutting out a couple segments in the middle. Then we get to battle the belts. And this is Kate's maybe match of the year candidate. The acclaimed uh, defeat Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, which that match actually wound up being better than I anticipated. I think we all sort of said that on Saturday night. We had sort of little, like low expectations for it, but it wound up being a a pretty good match. A lot of fun twists. Uh, Jade Cargill defeated Sky Blue. We expected that. Uh, And that wasn't a straight squash either. Uh, You know, Sky Blue got some shit in, and the uh, the finisher in that so match great. was awesome. Uh, so great. So uh, that was also uh, a pretty good match. And then uh, we have the main event, Orange Cassidy defeating Kip Sabian to retain the All-Atlantic title, uh, which was just a, a fantastic match as well, right? We've been building to this. It definitely paid off here in, in, the, in the main event of the show. But, Kate, here's where we want your thought, because we talked about this for a long time. This is the fifth battle of the belts. Nothing has changed hands again. We had uh, Kyle K. Sparks in the chat, shout out, um, who confirmed for us we haven't had any belts change hands on this show since Battle of the Belts 2 at some point, you know, early to mid last year. So, Kate, your thoughts on the Battle of the Belts, not not the show itself, but the whole premise of like what it's supposed to be. And like at this point, sort of what the fuck are we doing, right? Like, what's the point of this show if nothing is going to change hands? And seemingly they're not thinking about this until the the week of. Um, And the reason I even bring that up is because they were promoting tonight getting tickets for the next Battle of the Belts in Rhode Island in like April. So they're promoting it. They know it's coming. Are we going to think about it ahead of time a little bit? will be interesting. But Kate, since we gave our thoughts, just giving you a shot to give your thoughts. I know you did a Friday night post, but for the people listening here. No, of course. Um, for Rampage, that trios match and 
was fantastic. Like the the clash of styles thing was just perfect in that. Like you had the super violent uh, Blackpool Combat Club with with top flight, like just really, really good chemistry. And when you're that violent and that ring aware, grounding more acrobatic trios is is like a really, really great combination. I feel like um, women's match was great, um, and the the main event I thought was a lot of people found out what Mike Bennett's capable of. I think like, you know, it was pretty good, like on the ring smarts piece of it, but the physicality I thought was really, really well done. And it just felt like, um, so far what we've seen with Darby a little bit more recently, I feel like they're kind of getting away from the underdog fights, everything the same way style mash. And it's not as much. Let me heave my body as everything for a spot. Like they're putting together some smarter matches, which we know he's capable of. Like my favorite Derby matches, him and MJF at full gear. Um, so it, it was really, really encouraging to see that main event. And I'm really happy. I'm just happy for Mike Bennett. He seems like such a genuine, cool dude to to get that shine. is is awesome. Battle of the Belts is a premise. I, I think it, I think it's failed, and I think that's okay. Like it, it's just unfortunate because they have this name. So. If it was just a special where they didn't call it Battle of the Belts, I, I think nobody would have complaints about it. But because it's all belt specific and none of them ever changed, the premise has failed. Um, the matches have been really, really strong. Like the last one, we got Takeshita and Claudio, and that was one of my favorite matches of the year. And it like, wasn't yeah. even really in the conversation. You're just not going to have titles change at 11.45 at night on a Friday. Like It's not happening. And I, I don't mean to cut you off, Kate, but I think I just want to back you up. We we absolutely said the same thing on Saturday was that at the very least, the quality of the matches that they're giving us seem to be good. And Saturday, Friday night show, the quality of matches was there. Even that Jade match, which should have been a straight squash, was not. And the finisher was awesome. Like, so the quality's good. But to your point, like we said the same thing. The belts aren't changing hands. What's the point? And even to to your point, I want to comment to your point, like things aren't going to change at 1145 on a Friday night. Like maybe they should. Maybe you should put that thought into people's brains like you got to sort of tune in to see something happen, because if you miss it, you're on the outside. Well, and the title change that we did see was Cody and Sammy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and they did that one on Christmas Eve, I think, to make that statement, but there's never been any follow-up with it. Um, I liked it better when it was on a Saturday because it felt a little bit more important. This just felt like a two-hour rampage, especially the way they go right into it, which from a watchability standpoint, I liked better. But if they just called this like, um, you know, if it was anything other than Battle of the Belts, it's like the thing that they're fighting for is the thing that never changes. Just is a failed, is a failed premise, but, um... Regrettably, the the Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jay Lethal, and <laughs> acclaimed match wasn't terrible. I don't. It was overbooked. Like that that type of match is never going to be for me. But um, as much as I like shit on Jeff Jarrett for what he does, which I don't inherently like, he's very good at what he does. I can um, admit from a wrestling perspective, he's he's good at what he does. I just don't like the thing that he does. But that, that match was pretty well put together. But that's a stupid one too, right? If you're going to give me Battle of the Belts, and I already don't think anything's going to change because titles never change hands on Battle of the Belts, 
Now you're giving me Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, who I know for sure aren't going to win up. Like, at least with Kip and Orange, you were like, well, maybe there's an upset here. Like, yeah. there's no way they're doing that with Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. So at least make them feel like there's a chance, you know, um, that that would be a helpful thing. But to your point, there was, there was absolutely no build. So I think it's something that they've given up on as a concept. Um, but I, I'm never going to complain when I get like, hey, there's really good wrestling in front of me. Like. That's awesome. I'll, I'll take I'll take Claudio versus Takeshita any day. I'll take King Sabian and Orange Cassidy any day. Uh, but yeah. Well, there's Kate's take. If you want to hear what Ryan, myself, and Mrs. Money had to say about it, you can go back to our archives. A bonus show. What was it? I think number eight. Uh, Battle of the Belts uh, and Rampage. Battle of the Belts five. Um, and you can catch it on YouTube or on any podcast platform, uh, cause we uploaded those, uh, those shows. So here we have to say, but we're going to take a step away for a second to grab some water, stretch out before we have to talk about the huge episode of dynamite tonight, live from the Kia forum match seven, the Escalera de la Muerte for the trios titles, Mox and hangman rematch Danielson Takeshita. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're going to come back and talk about that momentarily. Stay tuned. We're going to give you some words from uh, some of the other fine shows that are part of the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air, day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Brea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnBubbleThrowbacks.com. 
Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? All right, we're back here on the Mark Order Podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. And before we get on to Dynamite, we just want to remind you, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Mark Order Pod, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all those places. Uh, and uh, be sure when you're there, uh, you check out the link tree because uh, we have a link to our brand new pro wrestling tea shop uh, up for you guys to go out and if you decide you want to spend your hard-earned dollars on a Mark Order podcast t-shirt, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you to the people who ordered over the sale that happened, the New Year's sale. Uh, I have some phone calls to make if you're listening out there, so expect a phone call coming as we get a little closer to the weekend and the schedule frees up a little bit. So thank you if you order a shirt. I'll be sure to we'll be sure to give you a call and say thank you and chat with you for a few minutes. So the link is there, but if you don't go to the link tree, you can get to our shirts at prowrestlingtees.com slash mark order pod. Uh, and if you aren't uh, spending your hard-earned dollars on us, that's totally fine. You can still submit your uh, request to get some free stickers from the Mark Order Podcast. Click the link in the link tree. Give us your name, your email, your full mailing address, and the country you live in so we're sure we're sending these Mark Order Podcast stickers to the right place, and we'll get them out as quickly as possible. So, guys, uh, let's talk about Dynamite tonight, a huge episode, second episode of 2023 from the Kia Forum in Los Angeles or Inglewood, if you're uh, down with the local uh, geography. 
And we opened up hot with Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley. Uh, so uh, for those maybe who haven't been watching, uh, Hangman Adam Page suffered a concussion at the hands of Moxley. So this was his return back. They had their rematch. Uh, and getting to the end of this match, Hangman Adam Page does uh, win by the slingshot, uh, or I'm sorry, the buckshot lariat uh, over uh, John Moxley. Uh, and post-match, Mox is, uh, is uh, a little uh, sort of out of sorts. He jumps up and grabs the ref. He thinks the match is still sort of going on, but Doc uh, is able to get in there, check on him, and uh, things cool down, and we go to break. So um, I'm going to throw it to Ryan. Oh, no, I'm not going to throw it to Ryan first. I'm going to throw it to Kate because Kate actually saw the show. Um Kate, I thought this is a really hot open. I mean, out of, out of all the matches to to look at, like how they could have opened the show, uh, they sort of could have gone anyway. But this, I thought, was a great way to open up because people were really invested in this story and this grudge match. Uh, and to me, it didn't disappoint. Uh, my favorite thing was that Mox lost clean, right? Like there were no shenanigans. He lost clean in the middle of the ring and uh, Hangman looked really strong in his comeback. I thought, man, um, what an what an opener! I also thought we should make Ryan host tonight with no notes. I thought that would have been really fun. But uh, <laughs> no, this match was fantastic. I thought it was really fun to open up with something that was such a hot story and such a hard hitting physically match. Like these two beat the dog shit out of each other, uh, which I feel like was important for the story, right? And kind of like um i want to say a flex but like a hey hangman's okay in real life was kind of a nice confirmation here because they would not have been going out as hard as they did uh but but loved it crowd was super hot these these latest crowds have been just absolutely on fire um a fantastic match uh the buckshot at the end was really fun because it's ending on a lariat right um yep and it was just cool. Like, I, I felt like the story that they've been telling going into this is like, is Hangman a little bit of a puss? And tonight he <laughs> right. he sure wasn't the crowd. He was super over with the crowd. Everybody loves Mox. But Hangman, I think, was probably more the face in this if you had to choose. Um, that is only, I think, the second time that Mox has lost clean on television, which is pretty fucking wild when you think about it. Um, really, really, really well done. And... As I said, you know, it's just nice to see people upholding the tradition of if you're going to go out for a vacation that's four months overdue, you go out on your back, you know, uphold. True. <laughs> I do. Th I do think maybe he's taking a break. I do think that maybe he's taking yeah. a break. So but a fantastic way to open the show. God, really, really fun to watch and just a really nice piece of storytelling in this. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mox did hit that King Kong lariat uh, during the match, right? So they went straight to it. He hit uh, he hit a pile driver, you know, so they really sort of were going after Hangman and sort of the head and neck, you know, angle. Um, so they didn't shy away from it, which was nice, right? You never really want to see him shy away from stuff if a guy is fully cleared, you know, like to tell that story. So they definitely told that story. Uh, and yeah, I mean, even just coming back from commercial, um, commentary told us that Doc Sampson helped John Moxley to the back. And they said, like, we don't want to speculate anything that's going on, but they sort of like wished 
him well and hope that he's okay. So to your point, Kate, I said the same thing to Mrs. Money. Well, based on the way that match even finished the post-match stuff, I was like, well, he gets to take his vacation now. That's how they're going to get him on vacation. He's going to, you know, he's going to have his bell rung and he's going to need to take some time off and he'll go fishing long overdue fishing trip. Yeah. And I saw some people being like, are they going to do a third match? And they're going to write in that Mox has a concussion, which I think would be a terrible idea. Like, to yeah, no. play off of something that happened in real life, I think is good. A worked injury like a concussion, especially with what happened later tonight. Uh, I I think that would be a, a bad call. Um, but I think this is a great way to make Hangman look really strong. Like, holy shit, you mm-hmm. just put Mox out is a really, really good story after uh, what they just did. So, yeah, uh, fully, fully agree with you there. And I think that's even the way that you get to a third match, right? Mox comes back at some point and he's just like, that's just not sitting right with me, right? Like, I don't lose to Hangman Adam Page, right? Like, and that's that's how you can write that story. You don't need to work a fake injury angle, right? You know, yeah. you could even say, like, you know, uh, I had to take, you know, I had to step back and sort of assess what happened there. You know what I mean? Because I just don't lose to Hangman Adam Page. You know, I don't lose to guys like that. That's good enough for me. You don't need to pretend you have a concussion. There's also an opportunity for when Moxley comes back, if Hangman is challenging for any title, which I think you could see him in that mid-card title picture. We haven't seen that yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hangman or Mox could come back heel and, and cost Hangman something if you wanted to. Like the opportunity is there. Right. So that could Absolutely. Be fun. Shalong, anything you'd like to add? I really liked when they did that thing with the thing and then the other thing happened. That's right. Um, Expert analysis. He liked it. Provide. He liked it. If you catch In a that. shocking upset. Yeah. He loved it. I will say I don't mind the concussion thing. I get it. Like, real life concussion later, sad. But, like, so, are, you know, you it's a story. It's 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 fake. you got to fix some injury. I mean, real-life injuries all the time suck. So this doesn't really bother me because it fits in the story. If Mox had – if uh, Hangman had broke his leg when Mox fought him last time, then I would hope that's the story they tell. And you need to fake injury sometimes to put drama. So it doesn't really bother me. Just so you know, they didn't they didn't lean into that. People were just saying, like, oh, next week is that going to be the story. They didn't say that tonight. Right. That was just people saying, like, oh, is it gonna is that gonna like even the score in that way? So yeah, commentary- oh, I know, but they but they don't need to. You know that's what they did. Like sure. if 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 Mox's head is getting kicked out at the end of the match, then you know that's the story they told that kind of Hangman returned his favor. Yeah. I just again I understand, like, oh, that's but like how do you not lean like a concussion wrestling is one of the most common injuries and the guy you're facing just came back it fits in the story so well to ignore it seems to be like really handicapping yourself in a way you shouldn't have to especially because adam cole's news is good so yeah i don't know i don't don't like fucking around with someone's brain as you're right out but that's just me yeah i mean i I mean they do it all the time though you you put someone in the ambulance you fucked around with some organ in their body yeah, but like a broken arm or something is different than someone's brain. But it's all like, again, you know, it's fake, though. They were very obvious that it's fake. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you know, it's part of the story, I should say. So I just I, I don't know. That doesn't like I never understood why that's. I just don't like it. And it's I'm not even saying it's bad. It's just I, I don't like it. I don't like fucking around with with that. 
It makes her feel icky. It does make me feel icky. Too soon. It's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> It'll. I hate to tell you something. In wrestling, it would always be too soon. Someone's always hurt in wrestling with something. Correct. That's why I don't want it. Again, though, Schlong, to reiterate, um, commentary didn't lead on like it's a concussion. They pretty much just said they're checking on him. We hope everything works out. You know what I mean? Like that was it. Yeah, they, they're not going to probably say it. They're just going to say you knocked you, he knocked you on your ass. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even say that. You know what I mean? Like they just kept it super vague. So, which I, I think, like. Yeah, and I think that's fine. Killer um, match, though. God, this set the tone for the whole episode. For sure, absolutely. <sighs> And Schlong, of course, uh, you know, uh, blows the load early on the big news of the night. The next, if you're listening to our show, you know what happened. Sometimes people don't, man. Sometimes people don't. Then they deserve to get. Giovanni's in the ring and says he takes no pleasure in welcoming the next guest, and that's when the big reveal comes that Adam Cole, baby. Oh, it's been so long. He makes his way to the ring. It has been so long. Um, So Cole gets on the mic and asks, who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? And he said he's been thinking all day about it. Everyone was ready for story time with Adam Cole. It was almost like as loud as when he debuted. Like the pop was. 100%. Because that was, I think, a genuine surprise to pretty much all of us. And um, everybody's in his corner. But yeah, you could take a suicide. I will I will say this. Like I was like so pumped up. Like I jumped out of the seat because I honestly wasn't expecting to get Adam Cole. I was like, all right, who's this? You know, uh, I thought actually it was MJF because they said MJF was appearing. So um, so I thought maybe this was where MJF was coming. Um, so I like jumped out of the seat and he comes down to the ring and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, fuck, yeah, here we go. And uh, I think I said I wasn't going to bring this up here, but Mrs. Money said to me, why is Adam Cole such a big deal? Like, why do people? And I was like, come on, Mrs. Money, don't do this to me. You you got to understand, like, he's great. Anyway, um, she was like, no, I get it. But like, I don't understand why, like, people are going so crazy. Like, anytime, you know, he shows up, I'm like, because he's fucking awesome. All right. Anyway, um. So he gets on the mic. He asks who's ready for story time. And he's been thinking all day about what exactly he was going to say when he came out. And the best way to describe the conversation we're about to have is there's good news and there's bad news. So he was going to start with the good news. He has a whole new appreciation for his life, not just pro wrestling. And um, all he's ever wanted to do is be a pro wrestler. And he's got to do awesome stuff like be here for the best, you know, pro wrestling company in Los Angeles. And it made him realize how much he missed getting to be there, you know, because the past few months he was really banged up. He had his shoulder torn up, uh, two back to back serious head injuries should also be noted. Kate, he never said the word concussion. He said head injuries. Yes. Um, And he got scared. He says he was getting MRIs. He had headaches and dizzy spells and. If he was in a car, he, you know, sometimes would would throw up. So he was really fucked up. And the worst part, he said, was sleep, laying with his emotions and anxiety. Uh, he'd have to get up at four in the morning, pacing, waking up and scaring Brit because he didn't know what was happening to him. And none of us knew what was happening either. 
but so many of us, the fans were there for him. And he would read things like, I miss Adam Cole. I hope Adam Cole's recovering. All right. I don't care if Adam Cole ever wrestles again. I just want him to be okay. And that meant the world to him. At the end of the day, pro wrestling is a give and take situation. They give everything they have and we show them appreciation. And he gave us nothing for six months and we were still there for him. And for that, he's eternally grateful. Then comes the bad news, but it's not for him. The bad news is for the AEW locker room because Adam Cole is back and he's not going anywhere. He thought for sure he was finished, but instead he's standing there saying, no way, I ain't done yet. He's been one of the best damn wrestlers on the planet for 15 years, and he won't stop until he's the very best. He said he's accomplished lots of amazing things in AEW, but uh, Adam Cole hasn't scratched the surface of what he's capable of yet. And he wants everybody in the building and at home to remember this day, the day the new Adam Cole is born and Adam Cole, who will make a promise no matter how long it takes one man will be at the top of the mountain in AEW, and his name is Adam Cole. Baby! So, um, Kate, a surprise. I mean, I didn't know this was coming. If you no. okay, had any idea it was coming, then, you know, great. But to me, no idea he's coming. This was a huge highlight of the night for me just because we've talked about it here over the past six months. Every once in a while in passing, we'd be like, wouldn't it be great if Adam Cole was here for this storyline or wouldn't it be great if Adam Cole could sort of break up this booking that we've been seeing? Like, you know, wouldn't it be great if Adam Cole could defeat Chris Jericho for the ROH title? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, something I said for like four months in a row. Um, This was a genuine shock. People, when he's just an active wrestler, pop for his theme so hard. Arena to Arena. I mean, we would go to shows and it was louder than punks. Like, people pop so loud for that, that to hear it on a return, I was so emotional. I was like on no sleep anyway. Uh, But And I think it contributed a little bit. But I I had tears in my eyes during this. Um, The tone of it felt like a retirement. Like, I... I was thinking we were leaning into something that was kind of a swerve. I don't think you do that in this spot if um, he does have to sincerely retire. But uh, here, the part where he seemed sincerely emotional when he had said that, like, um, he get, he gave us nothing for six months and people were still there for him. And the he seemed really, really emotional about the, I don't care if Adam Cole never wrestles again. I just want him to be okay. That was like, um, that took, that took me back. Like that was really sweet. Um, and then, yeah, he delivered the swerve really well. Cause it was so understated. Like it was such, yeah. it, it, the whole thing felt really, really sincere. And then when he framed it with, I have good news and bad news, you're just, well, what's the bad news, right? And I was like, it's going to be either it's bad news for the AEW roster or it's going to be I'm I'm out because it's only one of those two things. Right. Right. Um, and so just so was, you know, I, I was like 60, 40 on that. Was yeah, like, it was. I was I would say going into it when he said good news and bad news, I was probably like eh, 70, 30. And then as it went on, which kudos to him as a performer, uh, yep. I was getting I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous. Um, and then when he didn't retire, I said, 
I don't think Mercedes Renato showing up today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, we're either going to have a pay-per-view that's only two hours long, which would be really nice of AEW, um, or Mercedes ain't showing up. Uh, but I feel like if you're in the crowd and you went to see Mercedes, you're upset about that. I feel like this moment, along with how fucking good the rest of the show was, if you went to, if you're an AEW fan, you're not, you didn't go home unhappy. Like you went home really happy. Cause this, I would say even since they kind of turned a corner with the full gear booking, I would say this is their strongest episode and they've had some really good ones lately and maybe their best episode since Forbidden Door entirely. Like this was so good. Um, but, but a really, really, really well executed segment from Adam Cole. Also kudos to him. He hasn't done this in six months and he just looked comfortable and natural. He's such a good talker. Um, and and good job on AEW for letting him take his time to heal and for keeping this quiet and letting him heal in privacy. There was not like a lot out there except for one thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this was, a. This was a really wonderful moment for a whole lot of reasons that he's okay as a human being, first of all. And we just get this huge, I mean, what a shot in the arm to the, to the roster. He's just, he's the top performer in the world. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a few people saying it in the chat. Uh, Pedro was saying, uh, Cole almost had me in tears. I was, I was, um, Mike Peterson saying Cole had me scared. He was retiring. Yeah. I mean, I think we all sort of like felt all of that range of emotion, like, and I think and that it felt too. more like it, the longer it went on, I feel like usually it goes the other way. You know what I mean? Of like course. Usually, usually you're like, Oh, this is going to be a swerve. And this one was, I don't know. Like as time yeah. went on, I was getting more nervous instead of the other way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, just really well done. Uh, really well done by Adam Cole and, and kudos to everybody for keeping this a surprise. Because it definitely played out well on TV. Uh, that arena was going fucking crazy. And when he did say bad news is for the rest of the locker room, um, the place reacted the way you'd want them to. I mean, even though Adam Cole is the heel, right? Um, you know, people people wanted to see him back. You know, me, me included, right? I am so happy that... Um, that uh that he's back i can't wait to see how they're gonna sort of book this moving forward you know the first thing that ran into my mind was like hey uh are we forgetting the elites on tonight right <laughs> like you know we had this whole thing sort of between him and you know with bobby fish and uh o'reilly and the elite you know they could even though not everybody's there they could sort of pick that back up a little bit and remind us of what happened but obviously we knew we weren't going to see him involved in anything, you know, in the night, right? He wasn't ready to wrestle and he was just there to basically say, I'm back. Perfect. That's all they needed. And I'm just excited to see where we are going forward. Yes. Agreed. After this, we did have a short segment by the acclaimed, uh, where they said, uh, they're going to be among some of the biggest names in showbiz on rampage. My favorite was they were running through some of the names and caster goes and your guy, uh, and he pointed to Bowens uh, and he goes, Donald Trump and Bowens was just like, no, 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 not me. Um, <laughs> so um, they said uh, that the Hollywood Walk of Fame board of directors have unanimously voted to give them stars on the Walk of Fame and immortalize their scissors in concrete forever. 
Listen, I don't know if any of that's true, but it uh, it is funny at the very least. They Ryan, they mentioned a few of the names, like I said, Donald Trump and a couple other sort of checkered past celebrities on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and they were Bowen's face. Very tongue-in-cheek with this WWE stuff. Oh, of course. Stuff. The board unanimously voted. It was really of cute. Course. And Bowen's face, to your point, was just During like, the whole thing. Like cartoonish. It was great. <laughs> so not a whole lot there. That was all they, they had to say. Uh, and then we went into our uh, big sort of debut tag match of the night. The Firm's Big Bill Morrissey and uh, Lee Moriarty versus Jungle Hook. Um Jungle and going into Hulk, this, I'm far away from nowhere. <laughs> the best part about this is going into this commentary, Taz specifically kept mentioning, well, you know, Hook hasn't had a lot of tag, you know, experience, so he's still got to work on that. And, you know, like he doesn't really know how to wrestle with a partner. Um, so um, so they were sort of like laying into the fact that you know, Hook is sort of untested in tag matches. We're not sure what we're going to see here. But we get to the end, and uh, Jungle Hook does win by submission. Snare trap from Jungle Boy on Lee Moriarty. And um, we do get to see that exploder suplex on Big Bill from Hook, which yeah. they set up They set up uh, like twice, and he wasn't able to hit it. And then when he finally hit it, it was great. And big bill just basically rolled to the outside and like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) (laughs) It was just so perfect. uh, So well done. And, um, you know, I listen, I didn't think we were going to get a 20 minute, you know, clinic on tag wrestling, but this was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, Lee looked good for the moments. Big bill was in there. He looked good. uh, Not Taz hook looked great. Um, in the moments where they were doing tandem offense, right? Like, so even though he hasn't had a lot of tag experience, he looked good in this match. Um, and everybody just did what they were supposed to do. Jungle Boy clearly shining for his home sort of hometown. Sweet moment. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, I like this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was exactly what it should have been to, to your point. Taz all night on commentary, I thought was fantastic. I, I think he's great all the time, but there were moments in the Danielson to catch the match where he in particular, but the whole commentary team felt almost like Ian and Caprice, like just really, really in lockstep with the story that they were telling in, in the ring. Just really, really good stuff tonight, but very, very fun, extremely impressive to see it. Like to see Hook hit that suplex on Big Bill is definitely like a, a really fun in-ring highlight with everything else on the card. I thought this was like perfectly placed where it was. And um, I, I do think it was a, a, a perfect execution for what it should have been and needed to be. And hook is just continues to be really impressive, impressive and tremendously over. But I did like those touches from Taz of like, I have to sprinkle seeds of doubt because it's pretty obvious what's going to happen here. Like, right, I don't cool. know. He hasn't been in, in tag contest before like uh and and jungle boy's great too so just a just a blast just a just a blast of a quick match here a lot of fun and then we go to more fun schlong backstage um we have orange cassidy and Danhausen being interviewed by renee paquette with uh actor paul walter hauser and for those who don't know paul walter hauser uh he was in the movie richard jewel 
He played Richard Jewell. He's also in the current, uh, I think it's Apple TV series or limited series Blackbird. I think that's what he won a Golden Globe for. Uh, and he was also in, um, uh, oh my God, Cobra Kai. Uh, he was Stingray in Cobra Kai. Um, so, um, he's there, uh, he's got, uh, his mystery box or he says he's got his hardware from last night. It says golden globes on it. Uh, but he says he's not going to open it until rampage. Uh, and Dan Housen calls him Walter Housen. And Paul thinks maybe he, you know, they might be related. Um, but, uh, Paul checks in with orange Cassidy and he says, you know, you know, the whole time he actually said, I'm a big wrestling fan. I like AEW. He said, orange Cassidy, I just want to make sure everything's cool with the best friends. Uh, and they roll up and they say, everything's cool. They put their hands in and we go to break. But the interesting thing here, Kate, this, the only reason I really want to spend a moment on is, um, uh, Trent, uh, didn't necessarily look like everything was cool. Right. He did not, and there were hints of dissension on Rampage with this. I have mixed feelings about it, because I think Trent could be a a breakout single star. He's so Mm -hmm. damn good, man. But at the same time, I want them to get a trio's title shot before anything happens. And maybe that's where the dissension goes next. You could do both of those things. Young Bucks versus Best Friends, and then Trent turns or whatever could be really, really fun. Segment was great. Um, Dan Housen being palling around with them is just so much damn fun and like man renee paquette's so pretty she just looks so gorgeous tonight she looks gorgeous every night but like especially gorgeous tonight and she's so cool and good at what she does uh she she really has just like uh a couple of production things she's been an incredible addition and i would say the crowd lighting tonight was excellent and made a, a really big difference aesthetically from what we saw so um yeah. Yeah, maybe Jesse Ozog saying there's four of them, Kate. Maybe Danhausen replaces Trent. Ooh. Could Hard be. to replace a best friend, but we'll see what happens. Trent definitely did not look pleased um when they put their hands in. So I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I know my trio of best friends, and it's the three people that I'm on screen with. You're on with two people. Well, like three of us. We're we're bounded about best friends. Okay, I like it. You get to can be we also be can we also obviously, be members of chaos? Obviously, Chuck Taylor. Obvious. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Obviously, Chuck Taylor. Yes. I think I would be Orange Cassidy. You would be Trent. Right. So I'm going to turn heel. All right. I, I'll take it. No, no, no. I'll take it. I'll be the breakout single um, star. I'll take it. I'm good. Being like the you're Kentucky good at gentleman. what you do when we just show up. Okay. <laughs> I like being the Kentucky gentleman. He's a Sixers fan. This works for me. It's just like his love of puns and yeah, no, like that's it makes sense. I'll take it. The breakout star who's going to maybe turn heel on the rest of your asses. I'll take it. Yeah, I think it's fair. So they do go to commercial and come back. Renee is outside the elite's locker room. She said she can't get a word with them, but uh, she did make mention that this is the first game seven in the forum since like 1988, or <laughs> 86. I don't know. Um, so they're just building up the match seven in the uh, in the main event tonight. Every time we, they use round ball rock, I pop. Oh, of course. Every time. Of it's course. So I I hope they have it for a longer period of time because I just want them to keep using it for like their promos because it, it just works when they it show does. The, And I feel like Tony Khan usually buys rights outright. Like he just doesn't fuck around with it. I hope that so. becomes a whole thing of like, if you put it in a library, you have to go rebuy it. Like 
I think he, that's normally his game plan, but true. Um, let's see. Uh, after this, uh, we're making our introductions for the Brian Danielson and Takeshita match. And Takeshita comes out, but he is followed by Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, and he gets in the ring and on the mic and says he's heard great things, but he's never seen Takeshita work even once. And of course, makes fun of, you know, he makes fun of his name, uh, pronouncing it, take a shitta and tells him not to shit his pants because he really needs him to get a win tonight. And uh, he basically asked Takeshita, you know, uh, to, to give a response here. And he answers in Japanese. But MJF berates him and he says, here we speak American. Uh, and Takeshita answers back with kiss his ass. Uh, which was a great moment. Um, I also, just so you guys know, I popped really hard at MJF saying uh, Konichiwa or whatever he said. <laughs> I was just like, of course he would do that. Of course. So um, a little shoving match sort of breaks out, but uh, Aubrey, uh, you know, gets to catch out of the ring. And Max demands that Aubrey backs him up, um, which in my brain, I'm like, why would you bother? There's no reason to back him up like he's just there anyway. Um, so um, so he says uh, MJF says he's heard a rumor that he's afraid of Brian Danielson, afraid he can't last an hour in the Iron Man. But everybody needs to ask their mom, their sister <laughs> or their skank girlfriend just how long MJF can last. And unlike that nerd Danielson. He's all about pinning shoulders on mats and banging, banging rats. rats. I fucking love him so much. <laughs> and he points out some of the celebrities in the crowd tonight. He points out Ken Jong is in the house. He mocks him for uh, Dr. Ken being off the air and also his fame from The Hangover, which was what, like 20 years ago. Um, and he also calls out Freddie Prince Jr. who's there in the crowd. Uh, and he gives him the business uh, and calls him a Scooby Dooby douchebag because his <laughs> biggest role was probably playing second to a CGI dog. And Max basically tells us all our heroes suck and Danielson's going to let us down tonight. And it's all because he's Maxwell Jacob Friedman and he's better than you. And you know it. And Danielson does run down to the ring, which prompts Max to hightail it up the ramp, which was just just perfect it was just the way you wanted to work out he fucking bolted up that ramp like any other heel would uh so it was perfect and then we get into the match uh danielson versus Takeshita. we're gonna cut to the end and then we're gonna talk about this whole thing danielson does win by referee stoppage with the uh regal stretch interesting there right kate mm -hmm. um and he does do the stomping before he gets there uh, so it's almost, again, sort of like Takeshita's out and he locks in the hold and he's already out, but the referee stops it. But post-match, Danielson does shake Takeshita's hand and show his respect and, and we're all good. So a couple things here, Kate. I definitely want to know your thoughts on the pre-match promo from MJF. Um, the only thing I have to say negatively about that is I think it clearly went a little long. Um, not in a, not in a bad way. Like it felt long to me, but like when you see how the show ran over a little bit, something yeah. went long. And I think this is probably where things started to go off the rails. 
The match was a little long, too, but I think they had to get their shit in, and that's fine. The pace was a little slower, but I really like this match. Hard hitting, uh, but exactly what you'd expect now to get out of Takeshita, uh, as well as Danielson, not taking things easy on each other. And um, your thoughts, Kate, too, on there's a lot of rumors out there that... um, Basically, the thought is that in AEW, they see a lot of upside in Takeshita. And of course, who can't see it? He's fucking great. But the the word is they're going to make a push to push him to the moon at some point uh, in the future. Who knows if that's going to be sooner rather than later. But I think he's got all the makings to be a star for them. Language barrier aside, right? Because I think his primary language is Japanese. I think he's just got everything you want to see in the ring, just like you would out of Claudio, out of Danielson, out of anybody who's doing it for them. I think he's doing it at a high level, even though it's not translating to wins because he's just not that guy yet. Um, He's great. And I thought this match was fantastic. Uh, Pre-match promo was polarizing from reactions that I saw. I really liked it earlier this week. Disco Inferno had said something about like, is he going to learn how to speak English? Cause you can't get over without doing that. And that was a bad take to start with. And I think tonight proved that aged like sour milk. Um, he's extremely over. He's extremely organically connected with the crowd. And I liked MJF kind of trolling that. I, I like, um, I like it when he does stuff like that leans into those things when the payoff is, Takeshita gets the reaction he does, right? Like, it's not just like him shitting on the hometown crowd. Like, this was a productive use of that behavior because all Takeshita had to do after he came out and insulted him was basically say, kiss my ass. And he's hugely over. And it kind of proves the point right there. Like, don't really need perfect English to get super over. Takeshita already is, especially with this crowd. And I think a lot of people were salivating for this match. I was one of them. It lived up to my expectations. I said it before, like commentary is just unbelievable on this. Um, I loved God. His, his blue thunder bomb is insane. Insane. He has a lot of things that are great. Uh, his, all of his suplexes look like they're out of a textbook. Um, he tweeted after this. I love wrestling, which I loved. I love yeah. seeing that. Um, and Brian Danielson, like, like, what the fuck do we even say about Brian Danison at this point? Like, it, it's just, he's so good at making things work with anybody of any kind of experience level that when he gets in the ring with someone like Takeshita, it just feels like a whole other level of special. Like, it just, it feels like you're watching classics unfold in front of your eyes. Really, really, really fun match. I also think there's something with, like, wrestlers that have been based in japan it might be because there's a language barrier there's almost like this added layer of communication or cooperation or something i feel like in in matches like this like yeah um almost a reverence to wrestling itself it's it's really tonight felt really special and um it was it was just really cool to see like Takeshita gets to wrestle brian danielson is something that's really cool and brian danielson gets to wrestle Takeshita. Also noting, Takeshita has faced all of the Blackpool Combat Club, right? He faced yep. Moxley twice. He's faced Danielson. He had that match against Claudio, and he's now the ROH champion. Maybe before he skyrockets to the moon, 
You strap them up in ROH could be a really fun play. Doesn't mean you have to spend all your time on ROH, but just thinking out loud, I would not mind a rematch with Claudio. My goodness. So could yeah. be really, really fun. But this was a fantastic match. He's his size and his execution, just a phenomenal combination. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's super athletic for his size. Um, and I know we say that about a, a lot of the monsters in AEW. They seem to be way more athletic than their size, you know, a, a person of their size should be. But Takeshita just has everything you would want to to have in a star. I said it this way the other day. I feel like there's a lot of people that I'm like, I can't believe they're that athletic for how big they are. But Takeshita, I can't believe he's that big for how athletic he is. Like his size sneaks up on you more than, than the other way around. I think for sure. Whereas a Wardlow, you're like, Oh, I can't believe he can do that shit for someone of his size. But to you're like, Holy shit. Turns out he's a big dude. I didn't even like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Put that together. No, you're right there. It is worth mentioning too, that there was one scary moment in this match where Danielson goes to, you know, um, off the ring apron to, uh, you know, do the running knees to the face, uh, the Meteora or whatever it is, um, Mm -hmm. to Takeshita. And it looked like Takeshita maybe was supposed to catch him and, you know, transition it into some sort of counter, but he couldn't really pull, they couldn't really pull it off. Danielson did land oddly on his, uh, his knee, um, you know, like under Takeshita and sort of against the guardrail. Um, and he was grabbing his knee after that, Kate. You know, I'm sure you saw it, but Danielson was audibly in discomfort in that moment, and he was rolling, grabbing his knee, and he did, I think, even say to, like, Aubrey, like, yeah, I think I'm good. And he got up, and he sort of limped for a second. But that was the only moment uh, that we saw that, and I was very happy for that because I did in that moment go, oh, oh fuck. Shit. yeah. So that would have just fucked up all the plans, but it looks like everything's okay. So a scary moment averted. Um, and Ryan, I know you didn't see the match, but I do want to ask your take on Takeshita at the very least. You know, the discussion about him sort of getting a push at some point to be like the next, you know, a next big face of the company. Does the language ba- barrier bother you at all if he doesn't have a mouthpiece? Not in AEW. Uh, it's not as big of a deal there, and that's not a knock. I mean, if some people like talkers, WWE, I mean, that's everyone has their favorite. Uh, here we talk Philadelphian, we go get some hoogies, True. our way home up to Boca News. Gross, that but, language uh, barrier I can't deal with. No, I mean, that's... listen, I think the whole point of that, I didn't hear it, I didn't see it live, but reading it and hearing Ant replay it, the whole point of the MJF thing was just to trash disco and. Kind of get the point across that, like, don't everything you think you read is false. He is absolutely over. And also, speak American to me is just one of the stupidest things I ever hear. So, like, I can never take anyone who says it seriously, which makes it a great heel thing because it's like, yeah, it could be, it's usually said by racists, but it's always said by the dumbest versions of them, which is what you want. You don't like, you never want them portrayed well. And so, like, and what's the first thing MJF does all night after that? Runs. He runs like a coward. Yeah, so like a he's not. So I got no problem. Takeshi is amazing. Like you guys talking about, he's surprisingly big. He's he's a great wrestler. The biggest thing I don't want to say this because not against him. It's it's an AEW thing. They're gonna have to monitor his push, and it's because this is what AEW does. Like 
you can't have him disappear for weeks at a time. You do that, and you're going to kill it. He has. To, he doesn't have to be pushed to the moon now, but you have to at least give him steady stuff to continue to to get over. Did he do, I, if you're going to push him, you got to do it like you're, you did with Starks. I think they they've handled that one well. Like, okay, he lost mm-hmm. the title, but high profile feud with Jericho. You just hope it doesn't go six months. But like, I I hear you on that too because it's like they heat people up and they cool them off, and sometimes they cool them off fast. So I will, and I want to say this since. Asian Joe is saying, I wonder if that's why they have Cal sniffing around to catch to and scouting him so he could be his manager mouthpiece. That to me is probably what they're going to do. I don't think he needs it. Uh, but at the same point, it's not going to hurt to have Don Cal's on your side. I mean, it's Don, yeah. the only thing is if you're doing that, you're likely making to catch to heal, which is a little weird because I, I've never seen Cal's play face. I don't know if he's good at it. He's an excellent heel. So, but maybe he'd be a great fit. I don't want to knock the guy. He's he's he makes me hate him as a heel, and that's what he's supposed to do. Maybe he is a great face manager. Uh, he do, went after Disco think, again, in a pretty fun way, and Disco's definitely heel, oh, but he fucking shredded yeah. him on that tweet. So <laughs> that's true. And and you know, he doesn't have to be a natural heel, like he doesn't have to be as long as you don't cheat, you can be an arrogant prick. Like he can come out saying Takesh is this good, but Takesha doesn't have to cheat, he right. can just be better than everyone. Yeah. Um Again, I don't think it's needed, but if you have it, it doesn't hurt. But that's there's not many. There's you know, I can think of a few wrestlers in AEW that if you gave Don Cal, I mean, Christ, K Omega has Don Don Cal's, and I don't think it hurts Kenny Omega to have him. Like, doesn't hurt to have a guy who's who's that smart and can and can talk, especially if you're if you're learning. The thing I like about Takeshita already is he he sells like I don't and I sometimes I feel like. And this isn't a when they bring in these guys who are pure wrestlers, they don't always necessarily. I guess because DDT has TV, I'm not familiar with Japanese. He's good with the TV selling. I want to say like I can like he knows what he's doing there, and that's sometimes the indie guys don't have that. But I guess because he's coming from DDT and over there where they actually are on television, he's used to like knowing where the camera is and then making sure that he's. Because his he he's a TV ready mind. star, not just like a guy yeah. who knows how to execute moves extremely well. Yeah, that's a very yep. important piece. Very important piece. So I'm I'm excited for him. I was I was big on him before they signed him when we were talking about him, you know, however many months ago. Uh he is for multiple reasons a huge piece, I think, for their future. Obviously, just from a listen, he's over with the audience here. I think he's a huge star. You're dumb if you don't think every company considers the international implications. They have a huge they they clearly want the Japan crossover. It would not hurt to have him be your, you know, Japanese AEW star. But the nice thing about AEW is AEW fans are good with it. Like the complaint against the the and I'm really going off track, but the complaint against using the Joshi women was never that people didn't want to see Japanese women wrestling was that they were here and gone here and gone here and gone. So long as you stay, I really think, and Takeshita especially though, like as long, again, this goes back to my heating, cooling, nothing. You keep him regular on TV. He's going to be huge. Well, I mean, they can certainly keep him regular, just monitor his diet. And if he needs a supplement, give him a supplement. So no issues there. Shlong. They can keep him regular. Then give him some fiber. Uh, we move on. They give us a Juice Robinson interview backstage with Renee Paquette, and he basically throws down the challenge to Darby Allen for a match for the TNT Championship on Rampage. So 
they do we do get that match announced uh that should be a great match too um and you know juice can go um i just don't know if enough of the crowd here you know has is familiar with juice so this is going to be i think this match has potential to, to do what the match friday did for mike bennett right it could show people like fuck juice can go like so um, that should be a fun match. Not real much to say there. Just calling out the fact we're going to get that on Rampage. He just has we... such a tiny face. He does. I can't unsee it now that you pointed it out. By the way, Gina said she thinks, Mrs. Money, excuse me, says she thinks that she knows why she thinks, not like he's weird looking, but besides the small face, she's like, I think I know why I don't sort of think he's like good looking. She said she sees like some of the faces Jack Black makes in Juice Robinson. I can see that. I can see that. So he's out of the Mrs. Money top five rankings for boyfriends. He is out. Um, and it's funny. I also asked her tonight. Uh, about a couple other people. One specifically, I was like, what about Hook? Would you ever, is there a world you'd go out on a date with Hook? And she's like, nope, too young. And I was like, yeah. but age isn't a thing. Forget about the age. Like, if you were that age, would you do, you know, she was like, nope, wouldn't do it. I was like, but Christian, yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think it's harder. It just feels icky to even try and put yourself when it's like younger like that. I don't know. I don't know why either. But she's she loves Eddie Christian. If you want to hear more about some of her, if you want to hear boyfriends. about some of her her, you know, takes on her boyfriends and her stable, Kate, bonus show from Saturday night. We pretty much hit on everybody as we go through the card, just because it came up early and we were like, let's keep this going. So you hit on everybody because she wants to hit on everybody. Well, I don't hit on anybody. Trust me. Um, all right, Rational. we move on to the ladies' tag match of the night. Uh, Soraya and Tony Storm versus Team DMD, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. We know where the conversation is going to go with this, but let's get to the match real quick. There's no issues. Tony Storm is there, she's out first. Soraya is there. Everybody gets to the ring. We're good. No surprises at the start of the match. During the match, Sheeta does come down to the ring with her kendo stick. So Sheeta does make an entrance uh, and she's sort of there for the remainder of the match. At the end of this match, Sheeta throws the kendo stick in the ring because uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter are both on the mat and Aubrey's being distracted by Reba. But Britt Baker uses it uh, and Jamie uh, Hayter takes advantage and Team DMD wins with a lariat from Jamie, Jamie Hayter on Tony Storm. And then post-match, Sheeta's looking shocked that things went the way they did. But in my opinion, she put that kendo stick right in the middle of that ring. She didn't put it right next to Tony Storm. So there's some questions from me on sort of the motives here. Either way, that's it. Nothing else happens post-match. Rumors, or not rumors, Twitter says that in the house, live at that event, after the match, the lights did go down. And then they came back with like that rampage, uh, rampage promo or something. So the crowd was like, oh, what the fuck? But listen, here's my take on it. Meltzer was right. He said she wasn't showing up. Everybody said she's not showing up. 
She's not scheduled to be in L.A., any of that stuff. In my opinion, even though Britt, you know, tipped the cap and winked and nodded at the camera, they said Tony Storm's going to be the partner. They didn't outright deny it, but they didn't outright deny it. But like, I don't think you need to. You said yes, you it's going to yes, be yes, Tony you, Storm. Yes, you do. You 100% do. You, you, Not in my opinion. You, you can go to you can. Here's the thing. Melter was right, but he was wrong about Adam Cole. So you can't trust him. He's right as much as he's wrong. They you you have a tag match that you hint at for five weeks. This was not a tag match. I didn't even need to see it to know this is not a tag match worth of a five week build. You they said last week. You you, you, you told your piece. I get to say my piece. No, 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 no. You have but, a mystery partner for four of those five weeks. The fourth week you come out and say it's Tony Storm done in the weirdest fashion anyone's it's ever done. done it. Hold on. Hold on. You have Britt in that same promo, wink to camera with the boss, which you only do when you're hitting. And as soon as you drop the mystery partner angle, you start hyping up the two-ticket angle again, which you said at the beginning. So the entire way through, you've hinted that someone special should be coming. You've done that from the beginning of the build first of the mystery and then to the two tickets to my, to the, to the um, front row. The entire way through. Even if it wasn't Mercedes, this is a terrible storyline. They built this terribly you do not it's not a five-week build for this tag match tony storm was picked terribly the bill the shia thing was done awkwardly if you're gonna pay it off this way and then you have this two tickets that you just throw away why even bring it up they did 20 things they never needed to do for this tag match if you're not going to have someone of mercedes level when you and you wait to do any kind of talk about who her partner could be until after mercedes debuts at um wrestle kingdom you knew what you were doing. You were hyping this up for ticket sales and for views. Here's the problem with that. It it soured the rest of the night. That's all you could see people complain about is lack of Mercedes. You seem to be fine with it, but most yeah. people are not. Well, then and here's the thing. No offense. They could, have easily, are... they could have easily no got away from this and just said, no offense they didn't here. let their people talk about the match. Most people then are fucking morons because the rest of this night was great. Then if that's what's going to sour your night, then you shouldn't be fucking watching this. The main event was awesome. The rest of this card was awesome. There was they, one thing after the rest of this card. You can allow. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. You got Ricky Starks. You got. Yeah. There was. There was. Ryan, you didn't watch the show. Let me say my piece, Snarky. Though I am living for Ryan being mad about something. Warms my heart. Uh. If you sell tickets on a rumor ever as a company in the way that they did with CM Punk and you repeat that with maybe not as drilled home, I'll I'll put it this way. If Darby Allen says, I'm going to fight the best of the world in Chicago and we get no other hints about CM Punk, you are still selling out. The United Center, maybe not in four minutes, maybe in a whopping 12 minutes, you're selling out the United Center based on that rumor, and then you deliver CM Punk. If you play the same playbook and you sell tickets off of, I don't, if you, people are going to mark themselves into shit all the time, I'm one of them. If you sell tickets, if you go out of your way to hint that someone's going to be there and you sell tickets off of that, which I, I think they did, um, she's the biggest free agent on the market, man or woman. You have Britt wink into the camera and say she's the boss. People are buying tickets in California to go to the show based on that, and you don't deliver. Then that's shitty. 
is the reason, um, you know, MJF leaving um, that meet and greet or no showing the meet and greet was not a work. It's because you don't fuck with people's money and time. Um, you can have a mark out in any other way, but if, if you're disappointing people are spending money on your product, that's just really, really bad. Um, a mystery partner who's just someone on your roster is, is categorically dumb. Even if it was, some people were saying maybe it's not Mercedes, maybe it's a one-off of AJ Lee because AJ Lee and Soraya had such a relationship. Like for it to just be someone on the roster is super disappointing. Um, there's a big part of me that thinks it could be a swerve uh, for Revolution that she just shows up at Revolution for Jade and uh, and this is to make it feel like a surprise when that happens. Daphne, what are you doing? So I, I don't think it's that she's not there. But you you told the crowd uh, essentially that she was going to show up. I didn't think she was going to show up to wrestle. I thought Dave Meltzer, who he's right more than he's wrong. Um, that's not fair for you to say, Ryan. He's he's right more than he's wrong. For him to get denials that she was wrestling in the match doesn't mean that she wasn't showing up on the card. And when they said the two ticket thing again, I thought maybe it's it's Mercedes and Naomi. Uh, maybe they're starting a tag division. So you can't go out of your way to drop that many hints. You can't wait until after the stardom appearance to do that and expect people not to be upset when you then don't deliver it because you've delivered on the same playbook in the same way before. That's my thinking on it. And, um, I don't think if you were in that arena, if you're an AEW fan who went to that show and was really excited to see Mercedes Varnado show up or Mercedes Monet, um, you still had a fucking killer show tonight. This show was awesome from front to back. If you went to see Mercedes and you're an AEW fan, that fucking sucks. And in LA of all places, I think it's very, very possible that's the place. I think it's promotional malpractice. I don't like it. I do think people, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I do think it's a shitty, th I think it's a shitty thing to do. I also do still think it's probably a swerve of some sort, but I don't like that because you told the fans that were there tonight that that's what they were getting. So, but you, but you didn't. No, they, but you did based on your own history. You did based on your own history. Ryan, can I get my point out now, please? You had your time. You started with your point, I'd like but to okay. come back. I saw the show. Uh, I don't. You didn't. That's not really relevant to this. Ryan, I'm kidding. Kate said the same thing. I'm just Let kidding. Let Ant talk. Let Ant speak. Um, in my opinion, you didn't tell the. You didn't tell anybody she's coming. You hinted, sure, but you said who the mystery partner was going to be. Whether you liked the way they did it or not, they told you it's Tony Storm. It's not malpractice from that standpoint. You said it last week. It's going to be Tony Storm. You know, the two ticket thing is what it is. Maybe there was maybe there was a shot still late that that they were going to try to work something out. So you have to leave the door open. But they in no certain way said Mercedes Monet will be here tonight. That no, stuff happens all the time. But they did go out of the if if Britt didn't wink into the camera and say it's boss time last week. I wouldn't have nearly as much of a problem with this because and in a pre-tape segment, 
Please let me finish. It was, I was agreeing with you, helping hey, your point. Uh, please, I, it's not the agreement part. I'm Thank trying you. to finish my thought, and I have no ability to put thoughts together right now. Um, it, it's the proactive going out of your way to insinuate someone's going to be there. People who mark themselves into things when you've given them no context clues for that, that's you being a dumb fan. When you just assume things are going to happen. But when a company proactively goes out of their way to to insinuate that someone's going to be there and doesn't deliver it. That's you fanning the flames because perceptions are perception is the expectations. And that's what you're delivering against. Not what you've actually told them. And Chris Mueller raises a good point and says, it's kind of a Cardi move, which makes it the most pro wrestling thing ever. So that tells me this is Jeff Jarrett's fault. No, no. Yes, it is. Oh, he's the most Cardi guy in the world. He shows up and suddenly shit like this happens. This no, is, this is the fault of Jeff Jarrett. No, from, that's just ridiculous. He no. said it's my world. We do things differently. It's Jeff Jarrett's fault. He is the last outlaw. Um, no, I had no problem with her showing up. If it happened, it would have been great. It didn't. They they gave us what they told us we were going to get. Tony Storm and Soraya versus Team DMD. It, oh, this, this felt like some wwe bullshit to me and it also put them in a shitty place because tag match was pretty good and i think the sheeta piece of it was awesome um and i'm excited about that but now you've it's only harmed them. that's what's weird to me about this is it's kind of only harmed them um and that it makes what happened tonight seem lesser off the bat and you sold tickets to people based on something that you didn't follow through on that you insinuated was going to happen. So that's just shitty. That feels like, I don't know if you had survivor series at in, in Brooklyn and you insinuated the rock was going to be there, but instead you brought one of his movie props. I mean, listen, it's always Carney. the way it's been card subject to change. I mean, it's, even even everything else appearances if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen in my opinion if you bought tickets because of the rumor of mercedes it's your fucking fault man like they never said she was going to be there you took the leap of faith you lost you still got a great fucking show so i don't have a problem with it i, I don't think they moved tickets solely on mercedes i I think that people yes, thought she was going to show. What's up? Oh, I think I think they absolutely, absolutely. They had they opened up a whole new section because as after last week, they built a playbook. They followed their own playbook, and then you're saying, "Well, they didn't say it." It's like you can't you, you they delivered on this before. They didn't they, say it. They they didn't say it for Punk either, but they literally ran the same playbook. You've told your fans, "If we do this, this is what happens." That's on you. You have no one in your in your match talking to anyone. They refuse to talk to any press. The only time they ever do that, you pre-record a thing. The thing about the Brit Wink and Boss is that was pre-recorded. If you didn't have her, edit it out. Right. Maybe there purpose. was still a chance they could get her. If you don't have it locked down, you don't do that. That's Ryan. stupid. I have no problem with this. And you don't. You don't. But most people do. So that's the difference here. Again, if you're going based on rumor and innuendo, as our pal Conrad likes to say, in my opinion, you got fucking taken. 
So if everybody not... went to the United Center and CM Punk didn't come back, you would think they were all idiots too? Yeah. They never said he's going to be there. It was Okay. It was as long a as shot you're consistent in that. It was I think a it's shot... a, a shitty thing to sell people a bunch of tickets dark. based on a lie. It wasn't a shot in the dark. Don't go out of your way to say that's what's going to happen. Just don't go out of your they way. They didn't say CM Punk was showing up. They no. they really leaned into it and they delivered on it. But I think it's shitty. I think it's shitty to And that's fine. I think it's shitty for any co- any company to heavily lay evidence to a logical conclusion that not follow through on it. I understand where you're coming from. That makes sense. Go with what's and, confirmed. And but if you lay out a bunch of evidence and you've done it in the past before where the logical conclusion has get just give people what the fuck they want. I hate this. I hate the heat looking shit. It's so fucking dumb. Dumb to take Mercedes heat. out. It's a bad story then with no Mercedes. This was a terribly told tag match. You spend five weeks to build up to this tag match, which could have been wrestled three weeks ago you could have announced tony storm as the partner all the way because her announcement was underwhelming you threw out two tickets that ended up being nothing you did a whole you wasted all this stuff even if it's not mercedes it was a then a terribly told story so arguably even if you want to say that it was a bad story they i could be you can at least be argued that this was a terribly told story they wasted five weeks i listen I don't, they gave you exactly what they said they were going to give you. I think they had to change their plans at the end. And this is what we got. They go out to people and say, Hey guys, by the way, I know you guys are all expecting some big debut. We promise that's not happening, but maybe they thought they had her. That's what I'm saying. Why would you say it's not her? And then there's still a chance she can show up. Why do you hint? If you don't have her locked down, you just don't do it then and let it be a surprise. Listen, you got fucking carnied, man. That's it. And being carnied is shitty. Okay. It's a shitty practice. The carnies cool. are not looked well upon. Booking Great. heat on your on your crowd is dumb. They didn't book any heat. The match was 100% booked. they did. They booked all those they booked the innuendos they used. But the match was booked. What could have happened didn't. But what they said they were giving you, they gave you. They didn't swear. No, they didn't give me two people. You, you proactively went out of your way to insinuate something else, and then you didn't deliver on it. But it wasn't don't, the don't match. Don't proactively go out of your way. Listen, I'll tell you this too. They've they've done this before, where they've said we're going to give you a mystery opponent, or you know, like the CM Punk stuff. You know. Uh, that true. stuff doesn't, but that stuff doesn't get me to buy a ticket. It could be anybody at but that it get, point. But it gets other people to do it. And okay. You might be the most unique person in this whole thing because you're the only one who doesn't buy tickets based on what could happen. But I don't read, I don't read the, the, the spoilers either. There wasn't the a spoiler. Only, this was. Hold on. I'm not the, all I'm saying is I'm not the only person out there who's saying, I'm not buying a ticket based on the possible rumors that are out there. No, there's a, I saw a lot of people that shared your viewpoint. And I just think, I think it's dumb to dangle a carrot and not give it to your fans when they paid money to see your product. That just seems like a bad idea. 
to be honest, if I'm buying a ticket to this show, it's for the it's for the ladder match and it's for the Moxley Hangman. Soraya and 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 uh, Tony Storm and the women's tag that's a bonus. Takeshita and Danielson that's a bonus. The the two things that are going to get me is the Hangman and and Mox and the uh, and the main event. Those were fantastic matches alone. That's fair, and it, I'm I'm also in the camp of this was a phenomenal show, which is why I don't understand why you go out of your way to deliver a really negative talking point about it and I, and I think a lot of us are people's estimation it just feels very weird to go out of your way to do that Does now asian, asian joe actually brings up a good point now if if they said it's not happening there's still fans who would say the company's trying to swerve them like if she if she did show up and they said she's not showing up you know, people didn't buy tickets because they basically said, all right, she's not showing up, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then she shows up. How do you feel about that? Well, they carny us. People didn't buy tickets. I mean, it's all nothing happens until it happens. You're buying a ticket to everything based on card subject to change. Nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, That's I, all, I just know. don't know why you would do a bunch of creative work with the sole intention of disappointing fans. That's just weird. Surprising fans is a good thing. Delivering on something unexpected is a good thing. Taking something away is is disappointing them. It's just weird. It's just a it's a it's a weird business practice too. Because I know you wouldn't have. There's a lot of people that would have bought it to see the debut of Mercedes Monet. If you see how tickets are selling for the uh, New Japan event in LA, tickets picked up in sales real fast after she debuted. Um, it's just weird to sell a ticket on something and not deliver it. It's just a it's just a weird business practice. It feels very WWE. It's gross. I don't gross know. Like I said, in in my opinion, it's a valid point. But in my opinion, they never said she's gonna be here, so she's not gonna be there. If she shows up, it's a bonus. It's a huge bonus. But the match they said I would they were gonna I would agree with you. Deliver. If not for last week. You're a week before the event, and that's when you have her come out and do her thing. That's supposed to be, like, by that point, that's your final selling thing. At that point, if you're unsure, even if you you don't know, you just don't have Britt say it. And it, then you, then at least, because I was kind of like, you don't know. And then Britt comes out and says that, and I'm like, the only other time they've done that is Punk. And they delivered. So I would have just been like, don't do don't it. Say it. It's pre-recorded. We can edit it. So it's not even like Britt went out on her own. And you just let it go. When you come out the week before and do that, right after, right after she debuts at Wrestle Kingdom. So you timed that on purpose. That's, I mean, you, could, that's, you could also make the argument, though, that, yeah, was it a wink and a nod? Sure. But it's not saying she's showing up. She could be just talking shit to talk shit. She knows what's going on out there. But it's literally the same thing they did with Punk, and it's Right after she de- debuts at Wrestle Kingdom, and you know, th- Tony knew all the re- rumors that were going around. All that does is play into it. All that does is make you think, holy shit. We're missing the real story, which is that Ryan is upset about something. And I just want well, to It's a shitty story him. overall. It just, then you wasted my five weeks on this terrible story. But you, okay. I understand what you're saying. But they told the story that they gave The story's bad. So the Sheeta thing means nothing to you right now. Yes, because I saw what they did with Sheeta, and I don't. I think the way they're handling it is stupid. No, so that's Kate, gonna be cool. I was just no, gonna no. say, Kate, I'm okay with Sheeta turning. 
I saw her reaction to what happened when her her kendo stick got used. That shit annoys me. Oh, I like I I personally like that creatively. I I think it's cool to have a vagueness around it because it it slow burns the heel turn and it also creates some ambiguity about like um, who did I I like the who did she intend it for thing. I, I, I just I think it's interesting storytelling. I was going to pitch to you, Kate, because you saw the way it played out on TV. Maybe Sheeta doesn't turn heel. Maybe Tony Storm is the one who reads wrong into it and turns heel. I think Tony Storm would be a fantastic heel. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Sheeta because of what we she saw She had last different, different style. Oh, sorry. It, the audio kind of caught up. Um, I, I think it's going to be Sheeta because like Soraya mentioning Tony Storm being the best wrestler, not even mentioning Sheeta's name, I think. And I, I think from a character perspective, it would be really helpful for Sheeta. And I think Tony Storm doesn't need it. But um, either way, if if there's going to be a feud between Sheeta and Tony Storm, I want to see it in the ring. So I am mad. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question here. And this is going to depend. I haven't watched so this. will depend on whether I like what they did with Sheeta or not. Did Britt and Jamie use an outside object before Sheeta put in her kendo stick? Nope. That's why I dislike it. Sheeta's a face. That's a face team. They're not supposed to be the one to go to the cheating first. It's a heel move to put that in the ring. So you're kind of committing to what she's doing and then backing away. I don't like that. That's just that's just a bug. That's a I arguably an annoyance I have that I just think it violates what the character should be doing. Maybe and Jamie I don't Hader like doesn't sp- like it. Maybe Jamie Hader's turning face, and that's how we're setting up Brett and Jamie at Revolution. I'm fine with that, but just the Sheeta thing. Why is Sheeta as a face putting in her thing? Now, if she puts it in and fully commits his heel, I'm in. But this, oh, did I miss it? That doesn't, that bothers me. And then wasting five weeks to to get to this that was built in one. Maybe she was trying to give it to Tony Storm, I think, is is what they're saying. That's my point. She's a face at that point. Why is a face cheating? That's where the ambiguity ambiguity doesn't work for me. Good bitches that's win just sometimes. where the yeah your audio cut in and I apologize for talking over you. Um, yeah. That's where the ambiguity lo- loses it for me is that she's a face. She shouldn't be cheating for them. So the minute she puts it in, I'm assuming heel turn and then to back out on it again is very weak to me. After having ruined five weeks of storytelling where you did nothing until the last week. I don't know. You- I'm just surprised Ryan's so invested in this. And I'm, I'm invested in women's it, wrestling. It delights my heart to see Ryan not like something. We're turning him slowly, but sure. <laughs> I liked. Here's the thing. I like the base pieces of this. I like the idea of Sheeta turning heel. I like the idea of Jamie turning on Bert, possibly someone. I like t- whatever's going on with Tony and Soraya. Are they coming as the outsiders? I like all the base pieces. I just think they haven't put it together in a good package. So I'm a little annoyed. It's all right there, and you've just wasted it. I Brian mean, there's wrestling and women. He does. That's what I he heard. Does. He doesn't care for it. Um, but they could go either. They could go either way with this. They really could. When you start to step back and look, and they could pull off the Jamie face turn, all stemming from this, right? The Jamie hater face turn on Brit. They could pull off a Sheeta heel turn. They could also pull off Sheeta not turning heel. They could turn Soraya and um. And Tony Storm heel, and they have their own little sort of bad girls club running, right? They're the people who came in from the outside because the people on the inside couldn't get the job done. 
You know what I mean? And, you know, for some reason they turn on Sheeta, whatever, however they want to write that story, but they could potentially, they could pull it off. Um, it's sort of either way if they really want to. They could. And I did want to make a note of commentary really leading into the, this is why I think it's Mercedes delayed, not denied. They really played into the like outsiders versus homegrown really, really heavily. Um, and that makes it feel like someone else could be coming from the outside to take over, blah, blah, blah. But also just popped for Asian Joe saying, Ryan should not watch more episodes if we get a fire reach uh, long. Fire reach long sounds like you need to go. It's a venereal disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta get medication for that. And I hope it's He's terrible. already got cream for it. So we're well, taking care. Well, my question is, is Jamie Hayter really homegrown? Not, not homegrown as she is, but so is she really of, an original? An not, original. Not because of you. I just get so sick of the like they're not homegrown. They no, homegrown's not my question. Whatever. Like, yeah, not even homegrown. She is homegrown. Her stardom came there. My question is, she is an original. She wasn't there for a lot of it. Yeah, but her first appearance technically was like really early. Okay, right? well that's fair. I mean that's that because to me I was looking at it more originals versus like people who came later, and she came. I later. think they're they're saying without saying X WWE, right? Like they just don't want to say yep. WWE yeah. probably, but it's like that's that's kind of what they're insinuating there. That's yeah. fair. But I like yeah, I, yeah. I just all they had to, even if you weren't they should they could have built this match in one week because that's really all they did. That I agree with. The story sucks without a reveal as well. Let's move on, please. We're moving. We're going to uh, Jericho Appreciation <laughs> Society. And they're in their gold blazers tonight. Angelo Parker talks up about how good they look, uh, saying you might as well call L.A. their town because they're the saints of Los Angeles. Matt Menard tells us why his nipples are hard. And it's because last week Jake Hager powerbombed Ricky Starks through a table. And Jericho says that you can boo all you want, but it's true. And they've had a huge week. They invaded PWG's Bola Battle of Los Angeles a few days ago. And on Rampage Friday, uh, Anna and Tay are going to kick Ruby and Willow's ass in a street fight. But the most important thing is that Ricky, the Ricky Starks experiment is over. And that's when Ricky and Action Andretti make their way out to the ramp. And Stark says he's looking at a bunch of idiots who couldn't get the job done last week. And Jericho tells Andretti to go back to the minor leagues, but he then tells Jericho to shut the hell up before he comes to take that baseball bat and shove it up his ass. <laughs> so Garcia tells him not to disrespect Y2J like that. Action mocks him for having uh, mocks him for having Sammy Guevara as his new babysitter. And Sammy can't even keep control of his own wife. How's he supposed to babysit Garcia? He says Tay's hands were between his legs last week. And Daniel says he remembers being a young wrestler, but now he's a sports entertainer. He's on top of the world. So Stark says, that's, I'm sorry, entertainer. Uh, and Stark says it's not about Count Succula or Jazz Hole 1 or Jazz Hole 2. He wants Jericho to move aside for him. He's talking to Gilligan with the stupid hat on. He said, six foot five, dumb purple helmet wearing idiot. He's got a lot to say. He used to be on top of, he used to be a top collegiate athlete. Now he's a village idiot. And that's a shame. He's still got a dumb lisp. Um, so next week he wants it to be Starks versus Hager on dynamite. And um, Hager does respond. He says he likes his hat, which 
just will get me to pop. He wears a lot of hats, though. One of them says undefeated MMA fighter, and he's twice the size. Uh, he's twice the size of Stark, so he's going to slap his face off his face. Uh, and Starks will do better because he's absolute. So we're lining up this match for next week. Um, Kate, in my opinion, we're going to get a little program between Action Andretti maybe and uh, Daniel Garcia, which could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't have a problem with this because Starks looked good. He came out looking more rock than he's ever looked before, even though he's been out in the turtleneck in the in the uh, fanny pack. Uh, anything he you want to add? Finally tonight, he was very, <laughs> very Dwayne tonight. Um, no, I I liked this. This was this was fine. Um, Starks definitely feels like he he was kind of like almost felt heelish and so like he's going after people's lisps and stuff. But that feels very Rock ninety seven to me. Um, Rock ninety seven. When I say it that way, sounds like a radio station instead of yes, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in ninety seven. Um, I have no desire to see Jake Hager in a ring with anybody ever. Um, but I'm I'm just glad Ricky Starks is sticking around as much as anything. Like good use of action Andretti, right? They're making the the win over Jericho mean something kind of right away here, which is good. Pretty good on the mic too. Like can hold his own. Mm-hmm. He did well here. The more Ricky Starks on my television, the better. I'm I'm happy about it. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of like a little disoriented by the Mercedes stuff going into it, but Ricky Starks always pulls me back in. (laughs) Well, I think at the very least, what will be good about um, Ricky and um, Jake Hager is it'll be good for Ricky. Right. So I think we, you know, I think if we had to put money on it, we'd say Ricky's going to come out on top and that'll look good for Ricky, right? Hager's bigger. You know, he's an MMA fighter, right? So that'll be good for Ricky, and I'm sure there will be some sort of beatdown or shenanigans that that take place. But I think the one thing that we're going to maybe start to see is Ricky's got to find some fucking friends, right? Like more than yeah. Action Andretti. Numbers game for sure. And I also don't think that Jake Hager is going to slap his face off his face. I think Ricky Starks no. leave that match with a face. He Hot will face. have a face, yes. I, I think so. Um. But yeah, what'll be interesting to see is if they do decide to find more friends for Ricky, who we're going to sort of put in that camp, right? Because that could also help out some of the sort of next level of talent just being involved with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes, Kate? Do you think Powerhouse Hums becomes his friend? I would say I don't think so, only because they are portraying Hobbs as like a true monster heel at this point. Um, I think he I, only, just a- I only said that because people were saying that his vignettes were eliciting empathy. It almost felt face like I still felt feel like they felt heelish, but people were like, I feel bad for this guy. when you tell me about what he's been through? So I was I was throwing yeah. out there. Maybe they're like trying to walk the line. Well, all I know is that he was on dark this past week and um he just fucking destroyed some local talent. So like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't see that. That's not a face thing, right? Like Keith Lee destroys local talent, but then like shakes their hand after the match. Right. Like that's not Hobbs. Right. Um, So I just can't see that happening. Plus there's that history they had with, you know, um, uh, with uh, Taz, you know, team Taz. Yes. So, I mean, they'd have to bury a lot of that 
to sort of get to them being friends. I don't think it's going to be Hobbs. Uh, I wouldn't hate it, but I don't think it's going to be Hobbs. I, it would be, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go. If they do have to even up the numbers game. Um, I don't know who they'll pick from, but again, it could be good to get some of the younger guys up in the picture who maybe you're trying to, to push forward a little bit. Maybe you see Takeshita come to his aid at some point. That's how you sort of keep Takeshita in the picture, right? Even if he's not involved in bigger things, it keeps him on your television. So that yeah, could be good. Wardlow, but I don't know if I like that. I feel like he's gotten tossed around so much with that type of shit. Maybe the Dark yeah. Order. Yeah, could be Wardlow, but I'm with you. I sort of like don't want to see like Wardlow doesn't need to be involved in like a gang war angle. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he like he had that shit with FTR and the Pinnacle and whatever. Like I'm I'm done with that for Wardlow. And, he should be and, a single star. Oh, for sure. And don't forget too, there is the history between Hobbs and Wardlow, so that needs to be resolved at some point too. So yes, there is. Anyway. Let's get to the final match in the series of seven. The main Ooh. event match seven for the trios championship. Uh, the Escalera de la Muerta match. Uh, so it's all tied up. Clearly game seven death triangle versus the elite. I don't know why it never hit my brain that the, the titles would be, you know, hanging from the ceiling. I know. I know it was a ladder match, but like I just thought maybe it was just like, hey, we're going to have ladders. You don't have to climb the thing. But either way, that didn't ruin anything for me. It was a funny visual, though. You don't usually see three belts hanging from the. Yeah, that was a a funny thing to see. Yes. And they did also make mention you only need to get one to win. So they made it very clear from the start. You don't need to grab all the belts. You just got to get one and and the match is over. So, um you know, we had uh, Don Callis on commentary. Always fantastic. You also had um, some people at ringside, right? So you had Nock and um, yeah, Nakamura, uh, not Nakamura. Um, no, no, no. Um, but you had. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Um, Nakazawa. Brandon Cutler and Nakazawa in the corner for uh, the elite. And then you had uh, Abrahantes in the corner for death triangle. Um, And we did see a little bit of involvement from those guys uh, towards the end of the match. Uh, We had table spots that were incredible ladder spots that were just incredible. Uh, And then um, Abrahantes did get involved and he got taken out for his troubles um, and with the cold spray. So uh, everybody got a little bit involved. We saw the hammer again tonight that almost came into play for the finish. But at the end of the day, um, the elite are able to win the AEW trio championship uh, in the best of seven series. So they come all the way back and in the uh, young bucks. Complete hometown. That's right. Who would have thought? I mean, honestly, this could have gone either way. I mean, the writing was sort of on the wall, but if death triangle came out on top, it would have been okay. Like, you know, they're still a great trios team. I think they're sort of at the end of their trios run, though. Um, So that's totally fine. Um, But this match was pretty fucking incredible. And it did uh, start pretty fucking late. Uh, Like as the clock was as the clock was ticking, Kate, I kept looking and I was like, wrap this shit up. Let's get to the match. Like, I just didn't want them 
to rush this main event. Um, they didn't, they ran over a little bit like two or four minutes or something like that. Um, but uh, they knew that they needed to get it all in. So they had the ability to do that. Um, I thought this was a fantastic match. I don't always love these types of matches, but with these two teams, like uh, what else would you expect? But just fucking insanity all around. Um, the spots that I specifically want to call out, Kate, and then I want your take here is the 450 Nick Jackson onto Penta uh, to the outside of the ring on a table. I also want to call out the um, one winged angel from the ladder suspended on the top rope into the ladder standing on the ring. That was pretty cool. And then the um, the black arrow uh, that got countered with the knees up. Uh, yes. Just, always cool. Cool. Always spot. ridiculous. I, I always say the same thing. I'm like, it just can't feel good, even though, you know, it's coming like that can't feel good there's no way to prepare yourself for how that's going to feel um but just what an incredible match i didn't i had honestly kate at the end of the day i didn't care who came out on top i was entertained by every one of these matches they all felt different and they all had a different sort of importance to them so what was your take on this final match it was really good i feel like um last week's was my favorite of all seven i would say but this this was a perfect summation to everything that happened. Good for the Young Bucks getting to win in their hometown. Good for Kenny Omega getting to hold the title again. Had to be them. It's not like if Death Triangle won, it would have been bad. But like, I mean, literally, unless Punk and FTR were going to come cost them, you, you got to put them over. It would have just been such a waste. Otherwise, we've been seeing the story of dissension in the Death Triangle. Like you said, like, Pac's comfortable using the hammer. Um... It was it was really good. It was a good way to go home. The slight overrun did make me think because I was like, maybe they just don't want Mercedes to come out in the obvious spot. I was like, maybe we get like Jade and Mercedes coming out or something. So when I saw the overrun, I was like, oh shit, are they gonna close the show with this? But they did not. But I did notice that that two minute overrun. Um, but a really really good match. The the table spots especially were in, insane. I think Matt Jackson went through one in a ridiculous move as well. Um, that the spot of the match for me was that one winged angel between the ladders, like you had said, just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, good shit, man. Really, really good. Good for the young bucks, a fun way to roll out and prolong that story. Instead of just having the young bucks come and kind of have this really abbreviated title run for death triangle to do a best of seven is a unique idea. Even if it's not my favorite, I also got round ball rock back on my screen, so I can't mm -hmm. complain. Uh, but a, a fun way to go home, and I'm glad it made an event in, too. That was that was good. Yeah, and uh, Cabbage Sense, I said in the chat, all of the table spots were amazing. Yes, we didn't call all of them out, but they were all done really well. The one question I had for Mrs. Money was after um, Penta went through the table, right, with the 450 on the floor, um, something else happened, like they cleared out of the way, and then somebody else came out of the ring on the same side. And a new table was set up. I was like, who keeps setting up these fucking tables? <laughs> it's so irresponsible. And God um, bless them because they do so pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, there was a, also a, that Matt Jackson spot that you're talking about, that mm -hmm. table spot. I think it literally was like a flying crossbody. I think Pac was standing in front of the table and then they just did a crossbody and they wound up, you know, they went through the table, which was pretty 
pretty impressive. Pretty Um, impressive. And it was like Matt Jackson's whole body was so committed to it. Like that was just a a crazy spot. Good shit. Yeah. Really good stuff. And of course the young bucks fit tonight was fantastic. Uh, Their shoe game was on par tonight as well. I think that was like a 94, you know, like air Jordan or something, but uh, a good show all around, despite, you know, if you were upset by Mercedes, the show itself was very good. Excellent. Very good. Uh, we'll see what is in store for next week. They announced some of the matches. I didn't take them all down, so I, don't, I can't run through the card. But uh, next week should be a good show. Rampage, they're lining up to be a pretty decent show for this week, too. And, of course, they said they'll announce more for Wednesday on Friday. So be sure to tune in for that. And yeah, Rampage just be- has that women's street fight. Yes, that's right. I'm sorry. Rampage does have the street fight. Um, Something else, too. It was a really good card, I remember. Yes, they did. They did line it up a little bit, but I just didn't take everything down. Uh, So I don't have it in front of me. Um, A couple things uh, that that came out in the past week. We talked about it Saturday, Kate, but I did want to see what your thought was on the news that New Japan's uh, New Japan Strong seems to be uh, coming to an end with their taping uh, that happened on January 7th. And they said, I guess, that there's going to be something different coming in the future. Um, and the prevailing thought was possibly something that's going to be tied in with the honor club. Uh, any thoughts from you? We talked about it on the Saturday show, but your thoughts, if you think, you know, what you think about that. No, that was my initial reaction too. was, uh, you know, I, I think new Japan in Japan has an easier time now getting talent back and forth. So I'm not totally surprised this happened because they kind of don't need like a, a U.S. station as badly. And the new ownership with New Japan, it just seems like everything's a little bit more fluid with how their presence is rolled out in the U.S. And under the last ownership, it was just live events and nothing else. So uh, Honor Club was the first thing that popped into my mind, man. That would that would be so awesome. And I, I think something else is coming. I don't think this is that something um, packed up shop in a sense. I, I think it'll be replaced with something else. So. For sure. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've been putting on some banger shows over there. So hopefully something picks up in its place. Yeah, something will be coming. I think there was going to be an announcement. Maybe even I thought maybe I saw something about them it's announcing soon. something tonight. Uh, but it's not. Soon. Yeah, not necessarily about like um, that tonight. But I thought I saw somewhere about some sort of um, New Japan announcement sort of coming up. Uh, but anyway, keep an eye on that. Uh, something else that came out uh, this week was uh, Tully was on uh, with Arn Anderson on the two man power trip of wrestling podcast. And um, he did confirm he's done with AEW and Ring of Honor. Uh, he didn't go into too many details. But what he said was, I'm no longer with AEW or Ring of Honor or any subsidiaries thereof. That sounded pretty legal, didn't it? Uh, I would imagine that my wrestling career is probably over other than doing autograph shows and things like we did in Nashville. He's talking Arn. Uh, I don't know how many retirement matches last matches flair can have. No, I was, uh, it was a little more complex than that. Um, uh, than that he's talking about his, his deal expiring. He said, but my contract is up and I'm gone. Um, he also did say he was asked about whether younger, whether or not younger talent, uh, in the locker room, asked him for advice, and he said not at all. Uh, he didn't seem too upset, um, but he just really said that nobody asked for it. Uh, and he pretty much said he's 
he doesn't have a last match. He's not going to embarrass himself. He can't go out and do it. So seems like there's a little bit more there. You know, his contract is up and that's why he's gone. But it sounds like maybe there was more there that caused some issues. And that's why he's not there. Now, the prevailing thought was that he was pushing really hard for Tessa to come in and they didn't go for it. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to be more involved with angles and he wasn't. But he's not there. And it's sort of a shame that he's not because I think he could have fit in and maybe imparted some wisdom on some younger guys. He said they didn't ask for it. It is what it is. But there you go. Tully's gone. Um, Tessa sucks. So, I mean, she's a great wrestler, but she's burned every bridge she's had. She nuked her own rehab project and now she's cheated on her husband and I think they're getting a divorce. So they are um, separating. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, your daughter's a shitty person, man, but, uh, she is. And it's unfortunate cause she's a, a fucking great worker, but she has nuked every single relationship she's had. So if, if that's what it is, uh, which it kind of sounds like it, it sounded like it was insinuating something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I That's a silly reason to end a relationship with a company if you can't even have the awareness that your daughter kind of sucks. Um, yep. Who knows? It, it, again, he didn't confirm it. No, but... but it, I that's the prevailing thought. In, insinuated a little bit. And I'll just say, like, I've actually appreciated getting the younger managers in. Like, I, I like uh, Tully and I love Arn and his Glock. Um, but I... Like, I like Stokely and Smart Mark and um, Sanjay. And, like, I, I think it's a fresher take. Sure. And, I, and I Prince Nana's it. been great. Oh, Prince that. Nana's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Shlong, this is probably up your and my alley a little bit. But, um, you know, Fight Forever. The video game is coming out soon. Um, and, uh, you know, it looks pretty promising from the promotional materials they've been been putting out but or in the videos. But the one thing that was sticking with a lot of people was the fact that CM Punk was still in a lot of the graphics for the game. Welp, it looks like he's been taken off the graphics and they've updated it. So he's no longer, uh, it appears, on the on the cover. Uh, we have it up here on the screen so you can see he is gone, but it has all the guys who you'd probably want to see on the box for your video game. Danielson, Sting, Jade, Britt, Kenny, Hangman, MJF, you know. So um, CM Punk is off of the materials. I don't know. You could read into that however you'd like. Uh, but um, the other thing, Schlong, is that um, we still don't know when it's coming out. Because the original pre-orders all said December 31st, 2022, which everybody thought was like, you know, just a date to sort of get the pre-orders up and a placeholder. But it's been replaced now with December 31st, 2023. So we really don't have any better idea of when it's coming out, which is sort of a disappointment. Everybody, I think, keeps saying soon. But yeah, like uh, if you look like Wikipedia and I'm not. When you start talking, because I actually was wondering if there was any update on that. Um, it, it says uh, February 2023. Well, that's so generic. That's. I'd also yeah. point out um, that the cover change was... I mean, I know everyone's focusing on the removal of Punk, which I get. But it was an it's an it's definitely a better cover than their original choice, and it matches with their current graphics, like the color schemes mm -hmm. and all they're using. Yep. So my guess is I could be wrong, but 
but my guess is that they were making that change no matter what and then it just became smarter to have punk off no matter what just because you avoid questions at that point like i think he's probably still in the game you're just you avoid the i mean granted if it doesn't release till december 2023 maybe not <laughs> but um you just avoid all the issues of like oh he's on your cover it's like well we have to update the cover either way let's just take him off and add a bunch of new wrestlers sure yeah no i mean listen I'd rather them put out a game that's not glitchy as shit like the WWE 2K that had come out, which you can just look up on YouTube, all the glitches in the game where guys are like falling through the ring and ropes aren't working and stuff like that. So I'd rather them. It is really fun, but not fun to play. So um, I'd rather them make sure they have a working game, but it would be great to know, like, is it coming out early this year or like mid this year? I just like a firm date, but uh, moving on. um, Tony Khan was on Orlando radio station, 96.9. The game, he was there to talk about football because of everything going on with the Jags. But of course there was some talk of pro wrestling. He was asked about Vince McMahon's return to Bauer. He said, yeah, I'm following it. uh, Absolutely following it very closely. But the other thing that uh, he was asked about was um, AEW running house shows in 2023. Uh, To this point, they've only run one untelevised event, and that was in April of 2021. The house always wins in Jacksonville. Um, But it is one of Jeff Jarrett's backstage roles was to involve sort of getting that off the ground. Um, so Tony Khan said that's something we're talking about. We have great uh, we have a great live events team with Raphael uh, Morphy, Chris Harrington and a bunch of great people I work with. And now Jeff Jarrett has a lot of experience and Jeff Jarrett's come in working in the office, too. That's something we talk about. Uh, we talk a lot about and building out the live event business because there's definitely a demand for AEW live events. Now we have this big, great, strong roster that really wants to go out and do live events. So I think that's something we're going to do. And we talked about that again a little bit on uh, Friday or Saturday. Ryan, you know, was talking about uh, people were in the chat talking about Jeff Jarrett because they know Kate loves him. Um but yeah, that's what we thought was, you know, that's sort of on the list for this year, um, you know, for them to do the house shows. And I think that'll be good because, you know, you guys know in some of these markets, there is a good demand for AEW tickets, but they can't hit every market. So this would be a good way to hit some B markets or even C markets and see if there's more money to be made in some of those smaller territories. So I um, think- should be interesting to see what they do with house shows. To me, it sounds extremely urgent and it, it's going to require Jeff Jarrett's full attention and he should probably get off screen to give it the attention and demand it's going to deserve. Like, I just worry that he's going to be spread too thin doing this tag work. And it's it's so important that he should probably, I hate to say it, but like, I don't know, maybe never get in the ring again and, and just go backstage and and work really hard on launching that um, as robustly and intensively as possible. You know, I was thinking that, but then I thought he's probably going to have to go to all these shows. So wouldn't it be really cool? He could wrestle on all those cards and he could, it'd be really cool if he made sure he was a champion. That way all these small markets got to see a champion. 
So something like the TNT title, maybe even the world title for a while, so that the, the, all these small markets could get to see a champion since he has to travel there anyway. Brian's not allowed on the show when he hasn't seen the episode anymore. I don't like, I don't like bizarro cranky Ryan. I'm proud of him, but I don't, I don't like it. It was only cranky for one section. And now you're doing this bullshit. You're trolling. Yes, this bullshit isn't cranky. This is, this is delightful for me. If I, I need to get logged into StreamYard on this computer. I need to be able to mute you. Mm. <laughs> I will let it happen. Um, the last thing we have uh, here is that um, there was a Sports Illustrated interview with the Young Bucks. And, um, you know, there were reports of, of them having plans f- to be in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom 17 to be in Kenny Omega's corner. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, and they were asked about it. And they, and they said, Nick Jackson said, we were actually asked to wrestle and be in Kenny's corner. But Matt and I had vacation plans that week. Maybe next year. Who knows? Matt Jackson also said, we got a fantastic offer. Personally, the timing in the situation didn't fit for us. I'm sure one day you'll see us back in new J- in a new Japan ring. Um, so it sounds like maybe we'll see them wrestling in Japan again. Kate, shake, shaking your head. No, Moxley would have done it. He would have said, fuck my vacation. And he would have been in Japan and he would have been like, I'm going to bleed. You're going to bleed. We're all bleeding. And that would have been it. No, what if they had non-refundable airline tickets and uh, hotel reservations? I mean, all that shit's on points at this point in their lives, right? They've been traveling so much. You that's hope. All, that's all points. That's all points. You hope. Sacrifice one pair of fucking kicks, young bucks, okay? And recoup your vacation money and get your ass to Japan. They might wind up spending more money if they went and found a lot of shoes in Japan that they'd have to come back and travel with. A lot of baggage checking costs. That's true. So either way, uh, there's hope for them returning to a new Japan ring at some point in the future. Who knows? Um, But that's it. That's all the major news. We've talked about everything else we possibly could tonight. So let's start to wrap it up. Kate, why don't you tell the people what's on deck for you? I don't fucking know. What, All right. Schlong, what, do do? No, just what are you doing? Kate? Uh, assuming Vince McMahon isn't like, we're starting a WWE on the moon. I don't have anything tomorrow, but Fridays they have AW Rampage Smackdown post show. Um, Tuesdays I have Sour Graps, which normally is two hours and not four, which is the NXT post show as well. Wednesdays right back here at the Mark Order, and we'll be having the Royal Rumble Fightful Select post show as well in a couple weeks. That's weird. Two weeks from now. Wild. Oof. I'm sorry. Um, Rumble's fun. Well, the last one was atrocious, but Rumble's in general fun. I'm sorry you have to do that. Um, Schlong, what are you doing when you're not here? What? Even when it's bad, it's good. Rumble's a blast. (laughs) <laughs> I love the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite pay-per-view. The last one might have been the worst one ever. It might have. It was bad, but I love Rumbles. That's why I loved whatever that thing was that New Japan has. What's it called? The the Rambo. The Rambo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. it's a Rumble. I love I love Rumbles. Um, on Mondays and Tuesdays, you can find me live tweeting Dark at Mark Order Pod. I'm there the rest of the week. Usually not cr- uh, grouchy about things, but when you don't see a show, you get to really pick one thing and just highlight on it. So don't expect me to be this grouchy all the time. So we've just lost listeners. Um, 
Also worth noting, Cabbage Sensei said in the chat, uh, not for nothing, the recent talk is Jericho with Jarrett was pretty interesting in backstage touring planning sense. Lots of cool tidbits. So feel free to check that out, Kate. I know that's now at the top of your list. Absolutely. You are a mark for Jeff Jarrett. My hero. Well, as for us, uh, as for me, I'm here on Wednesdays. We every so often will do a bonus show when there's need for that. So that's really where you can find me. Um, follow us on all our social, like Ryan said on Twitter at Mark order pod, but that's our handle on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those places. So be sure to follow us. If you're following us on Twitter, we make it or any place, really, we make it super easy. Just click the link in our uh, bio to the link tree and we give you links to all our social accounts. So you can just click into them and hit the follow button or subscribe, whatever you need to do. Uh, thanks to everybody who watched live with us tonight on YouTube. We always love when you guys wave hang Ryan. out. Yeah. Wave Ryan. Whoa. He'll move. Um, uh, so we thank you for watching, uh, and chatting along cabbage sensei and Pedro, Asian Joe, Gordon post, Jesse Ozog, uh, Joe Walsh was hanging out, Mrs. Money earlier in the evening, uh, Slonamite, uh, everybody who chatted along. We, we see you guys. Thank you for checking us out. If you listen to us in podcast form, thank you for that as well. We appreciate all you guys streaming us on podcasts. Uh, you should certainly try checking us out. Um, uh, on YouTube sometime. So make sure you head over there. You can catch all of us, uh, all of our episodes in video format. So if we're ever talking about stuff or not explaining what we're doing and being goofy, it's probably because we're looking at our video feed. <laughs> so you can go see what we were talking about. Um, and to anybody who's listening uh, or watching, listening on on podcast form or watching on YouTube, the least, uh, the most we can ask you to do, which might take a couple minutes of your time is, Subscribe in podcast, subscribe on YouTube, like, rate, review. Any of that stuff helps us out. So we appreciate you taking a few minutes if you can help us out with that. Uh, other than that, you can also hit that link tree for the link to our Pro Wrestling Tea store, uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash pod. If you're not hitting the link tree, we have some shirts up for sale. Uh, so if you'd like to spend your hard-earned dollars on a T-shirt, we have a couple uh, designs that are just one-sided print on the front and a couple that are double-sided for a few bucks more. So check it out. If you order something from us, we'll give you a call. And thank you personally for ordering. I know I owe some people some phone calls. They're coming. Uh, and thank you to all who have supported us by buying a T-shirt. Uh, I know I've seen a couple of them pass through on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, so if you do pick up a T-shirt, make sure you throw it up, uh, tag us on Twitter, or Instagram, things like that. And uh, we'll be sure to give you a like and blast it out. Uh, if you don't want to spend your hard-earned dollars, that's totally fine. No, make it's sure not. You... No, it's not. Hey. Spend your fucking money on us. Hey. We're gonna have Kate more and I both jumped on that. Hey. <laughs> shut up. We're going to have more chances to milk them for everything they got in the in 2023. Relax. <laughs> If you can't spend money on a T-shirt right now, there were a few people, actually, I think uh, Eric Freeds was saying that he wanted to get a shirt, but like the shipping costs to Canada were ridiculous. So for people who maybe can't do a T-shirt, maybe you don't live in the U.S. and shipping's ridiculous, you can hit us up in our link tree to get some free stickers and we'll send that out to you at no cost. Give us your name, your email address in case we have any questions about your mailing address. 
your full mailing address as well as the country you live in. I'll send you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers personally. Uh, so make sure you hit us up for those too. Um, other he than that, he rubs them all over his body, so his scent is on them for you. All over my soon-to-be washboard abs, thanks to Tony Nice. That's right. Hell I'm yeah. in the. Uh, I'm in like my next workout cycle. And I'm still getting used to it. So I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know if I love it, but I do love it. Like, that's the crazy thing is I love going to the gym now. And if I don't go, I'm like, fuck. That's good. That means you're in the habit, man. I know. But I, now here's the problem. This is a quick thing. And then I promise you we're out of here. You're fine. I've been taking a pre-workout supplement. And I wasn't taking it when I started. And then I asked about, I asked Tony about it because I, I've never used one. I don't know too much about all that shit. And he steered me in a direction. He's like, I don't think you need a, like a pre-workout, like a proper pre-workout. But like there's something else you could take that'll probably help you. And I checked it out and it does, you know, it helps with like uh, muscle recovery and stuff like that. So you don't feel so sore. But also like between my breaks at the gym and between sets, uh, I felt like I could still you know, I still had all my energy, so it was good. Um, the problem is that I've been dealing with like some insomnia here. So, uh, you know, so, um, no, that shit will fuck you up though. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing is I talked to, uh, I had to, I had a doctor's appointment about something the other day and I mentioned it and, uh, they were like, I was like, I'm not taking it like i'm not drinking caffeine like i'm not eating a lot of sugar and stuff like that like i don't know what's doing it and I'm not stressed and anxious and stuff like that and then as soon as we ended that i was like oh maybe it's the pre-workout because i work out at like 8 30 between 8 30 and 10 o'clock in the evening is when i will start my workout so it didn't dawn on me that like maybe that's keeping me up but i've stopped it for a week uh, with exception of yesterday, I was dragging ass. I had to do it. But for the like a week, I wasn't really doing it. And it's really still not helping. So I'm going back to it because Aww. I got to get my pump on. Obviously. Obviously. Anyway, I had K a pre-workout that made me itchy. I don't know if you ever had that like actually make you itchy. And I didn't know that was like a thing. And I was like, yep. what is wrong with me? And then I was like, oh, this is very common, actually. <laughs> I explained it to Gina like this. Like when I take the pre-workout, first of all, I feel it hit like within like 15 minutes. Like you feel it. And to me, it's like everything goes into tunnel vision. I become like super focused, but I feel hyper. But yes, Kate, you are right. The first uh, I tried a couple of different things and one or two of them, they did. You said it makes you feel itchy. itchy. That's almost like flushing. I don't know if you've ever taken yes. a medication that makes you flush. That is exactly how it felt. So like I kind of pulled back on that supplement or like I stopped taking that one and took something else. But yeah, yeah, sometimes I do get to feel like that. But yeah. Kate, my gains have been great. Ooh. Look at that. Look at you. I'm proud of you. You and, you and Mrs. Too. Money I'm are fucking all lifting up it. my bicep. What no, Ryan. Damn. Boom. I'm not Kate cheating at all. I'm not doing that thing at look all. At, look at all that. I know you're not. I'm not doing this that. at all. The two of you guys. <laughs> Keep it you up. Guys kill it. For like real, it. though, you and Mrs. Money are crushing it. Oh, it's, thank you. It's uh, I don't do it for the kudos. I do it for me and my family. You do it for the approval. 
and for the washboard abs that Tony Deese is bringing you. I'm trying. We're not all the way there yet. But I, I was doing something the other day. Mrs. Money goes, I can like I can see it starting. And I'm like, don't blow smoke up my ass. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not at niece level yet. You can't, you know, look, she's, she's been studying them, though. She knows what the infant stages look like. She's very well acquainted. With she the Tony did. I will say that she did enjoy him counting his abs one night after a match he was like <laughs> counting them i was like yeah i okay. love that that's my it's favorite fun. thing he does and then jade did it one night and she's like hey she stole that i was like yeah i know it's like but i like it anyway enough rambling let's get out of here uh thank you all for listening ryan thanks for doing your best pal i appreciate it you're welcome i gave you the heated me i know Kate, a pleasure as always. Get some sleep. And to you, sir. Thank you for steering the ship. I try. And we will see all of you next week on our next episode after Dynamite of the Mark Order podcast. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order Podcast.